You're in the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. So Chris O'Brien is rather under the weather this week. He was in California last week. He did not go on a walkabout, despite what some people have said. No, I said that. I made up that rumor. I figure if we have a presidential candidate now who could tell one lie every 169 words, that I could certainly make up something. This week, Chris is back from California and under the weather. So we recruited the one, the only, Greg Bishop to join us as guest co-host. Welcome, Greg. Thanks so much for having me back again. Right, it seems like he's become a regular here. We welcome someone new to the show who has a lot of fascinating things to tell us. And that's Erica Lukes. Well, I thank you for having me. I'm very excited to be here. It says in your bio, other than the fact that you're an accomplished professional vocalist, that <laughs> and I'm going to ask you about that, about music and UFOs. But you've been passionate, it says here, about UFOs, abductions, and the paranormal for your entire life. From the photo here, that must be about 23 years. Right? <laughs> I love you. And you know, all I can say is praise the Lord for Photoshop. <laughs> Listen, with my photo that the one you see on the station and on Facebook, that took a lot more than just Photoshop. <laughs> well, you need to give me some lessons then. <laughs> well, they have all these great 3D modeling programs, you know, like the one that creates the Martian, the Green Martian in the Supergirl TV show. Uh-huh. So you see, it doesn't mean I'm really a Green Martian, but if they can do that, on a TV show's budget, imagine what they can do with me. Well, you're looking good. Whatever they did, it's working. Well, you know, what happens is this is how we explain Greg's icon, his avatar. What it is, is I took the force from him. <laughs> Greg, how do you feel somebody. about that? He didn't take anything from me. That's that's the Pascagoula alien, which is my favorite alien ever reported in any uh, case. Uh, basically, because it looks like a kachina. Oh, I like it. I was thinking here that your avatar could use a shave. Uh, it could use better shading is what it could use, actually. Well, I should have Red, Red Pill Junkie make one for me because he, he, he could make a much better looking uh, avatar, Pascagoula alien, I think, that I could just pull off the inter internet, which is, which is what I did with that one. Who doesn't do that? I mean, that's where you get your avatar. Come on. <laughs> well, you know what I did here is I wrote to Red Pill Junkie after seeing the great illustrations he did for your book. And I said, please come up with caricatures for me and Chris. Did he do it yet? I'm waiting. We'll see what happens. You see, GCN now has a composite photo of me, just me, with a Paracast logo on it, which is on the files that we distribute for the show, at least the ones that GCN provides for us. Let's get back to something here that Erica and I were talking about before we connected here to start the show. And that is the fact that she's a professional singer. And I was saying here, what about Prince and his contribution to paranormal or UFOs or conspiracy theories? Anything in his lyrics? I think that his lyrics are so provocative in many ways, as we know. I think that would be a great thing 
to really analyze, to research, because I feel that, you know, I mean, as many people do, that there is a, a connection and that perhaps artists, whether it's in, you know, I mean, a painter or a musician, any type of art, we have some sort of ability to perhaps access things that other people can't. And I think that's a fascinating prospect. Now, our old friend Nick Redfern, and he's a great friend of both of yours, wrote an article about his five favorite UFO songs. But I was thinking here, there was a song from Jimi Hendrix on one of his albums, Up From The Skies. Don't know if you remember that yeah, one. Yeah, yep. I loved Hendrix. And also from Styx, Come Sail Away With Me, that song is about a starship inviting the people to go with them at the end of the song. Remember oh, those lyrics? I, oh, yeah. Another song that I totally loved back in the day when I was like five, you know? <laughs> It has been a few years since that song came out. Such a great song. And then, of course, in one of the songs from John Lennon, and I'm paraphrasing the lyric, there's UFOs over New York and nobody seems surprised. Isn't it fascinating? I mean, it's so cool when you look back and you see the the profound effect that these sightings have had on people. You know, David Bowie. I mean, you've got Sammy Hagar, all of these people. Tom DeLonge. Yeah, I've got a collection of probably near a hundred UFO songs. <laughs> I should start. I should start a website. But yeah, they're, they're they're all through. There's another Jimi Hendrix. He says something about uh, uh, UFOs are looking down at us and and laughing and say, you know basically saying, "Come off it! What's wrong with you people?" Listen, I'll tell you what you're going to do, Greg. Right now, while we're talking, go to say namesheep.com and register the name ufosongs.com. Oh, no, I have ufomusic.com already met, registered. Or flyingsaucermusic.com, that's it. I just haven't done anything with it yet. So, yeah, I should, I should start posting. I've been collecting for like 10 years. I've got, I've got all kinds sure of stuff. you sure it's still in effect? Because I see nothing about it here. I don't see like a default site. Usually when you register a domain name, you have some kind of default site. It's a ridiculous discussion. What is not no, ridiculous? It isn't. Flying saucer music is great. <laughs> I know it is cool. It's a little mood music. I like it. Well, we were just talking about songs that Erica likes, and maybe she'll just have to regale us with something, because you know I'm I'm crazy about people who could sing because I can't. I can't even sing for my supper. You know, I I perhaps maybe. <laughs> But it's been a long time. You know, I took a, I sang for 25 years professionally and I would just, I got to the point where I was just so burned out on doing it because those are hard hours and it's an interesting lifestyle. And so I, I stepped back and then I became an, an, a painter. I started painting and so I need to dust off the pipes and get rolling again. Now, I find interesting in looking at your bio that instead of calling them UFOs, you call them UAP. Yes. Okay. I'm sure you didn't originally do that, that you some point in your studies, you were converted to the newer designation. When? You know, I think it's it's an interesting thing for me kind of coming into this and learning a lot about how the public views the term UFO and also looking at different researchers that are very, very respected and how they use this terminology. I always look at NARCAP. You know, NARCAP is a, to me, an incredibly, and it should be to everybody, an incredibly important organization. And they actually coined the term, Dr. Haynes, UAP. And I like it. And I don't, I'm sure you saw Hillary Clinton on Jimmy Kimmel talking about UAPs, which is just funny. 
Well, John Podesta must have briefed her before that. Yes. But she seems almost serious about this. You know, when a politician says, hey, I'm going to look into this UFO stuff, and they tell you that, and you think, oh, it's just a politician making a promise. But she's been asked about that several times, and she sounds to me like she's being sincere. I know a lot of people just hate her, which I can't understand. She doesn't bother me at all. Sometimes her voice gets a little too loud or hoarse, but of course she's a politician. She's campaigning every single day. But she doesn't bother me any. I just don't know why people are so polarized about her. I know. It's it's interesting. I think this next election is going to, I don't know, I might have to move to Canada. It's going to be interesting. But I do find it very cool, interesting that you've got people from NASA throwing out little tidbits. So in the next decade or so, we'll, we'll make an announcement that we have found life. And then you've got Podesta, who is demanding disclosure, and Clinton. And I believe that the powers that be absolutely know that they can't keep a lid on this, and they're going to have to to roll with it. Now, let's go back into you, Erica Lukes. Let's look at your background in the field, and we have to do a break in a moment. And it starts out, something I mentioned before, you've been passionate about UAPs, abduction, <laughs> and the paranormal for your entire life. And I want to know when you first became interested and passionate about these subjects, and we'll pursue that in a moment. We'll just pursue this announcement. Go to plus.theparacast.com. Learn about the Paracast Plus, about the enhanced version of this show after the Paracast and more. We have Erica Lukes. We have special co-host Greg Bishop. That means you're in the Paracast. I know that a lot of our listeners are interested in UFOs, the issue of giant skeletons found in America, paranormal investigations, and what the top researchers think about such topics. One online magazine has been presenting such unusual information since 1985. It is Alternate Perceptions Magazine at apmagazine.info. Use their search function to find articles on just about every topic imaginable. That's apmagazine.info. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. Hi, Peter Vaccaro for ParanormalDate.com. Are you looking for love in all the wrong places? Now you have a chance to change that by signing up for free at ParanormalDate.com. This incredible dating site puts people of like minds together. People who are interested in the strange, the unusual, mysteries, ghosts, UFOs, and the afterlife, and so much more. ParanormalDate.com was developed for you, people seeking a viable alternative to the other dating services. You can join for free by going to ParanormalDate.com, and if you decide you like it and want to connect with people, use the code GEORGE for a substantial discount. Mark Rawlings, president of ParanormalDate.com, says so many people hunger to share their experiences about the paranormal, the unexplainable, or the afterlife, and so much more, and this is the source for them to meet and share that common interest. So sign up for free at ParanormalDate.com, ParanormalDate.com and use the code GEORGE if you decide to connect with someone you like. 
Are your Google search results killing you? Unflattering content in blogs, news articles, online reviews, social media, or other sources can jeopardize your reputation, your business, and your livelihood. Let Reputation.com help. Our patented technology will make the truth about you more visible while pushing down unwanted negative content. Improve your Google search results. Call Reputation.com at 1-800-831-0771 for a free consultation. That's 800-831-0771. How would you like to make 17% on your money in only 90 days? That's right. Gold owners made 17% in only three months as gold had its best quarterly gain in 30 years. Gold is on the move, and you need to get government-issued legal tender gold coins starting at only $139 each. The U.S. Money Reserve, one of the largest gold distributors in the country, announces the first ever at-cost gold release on this station for only $139 each. one 866 G-O-L-D, or online at usmoneyreserve.com. Official U.S. government-issued legal tender solid gold coins at cost for only $139 each. Call 1-866-944-G-O-L-D. Ask for a free 55-page gold buyer's book. Plus, get a free Walking Liberty half dollar just for reading this must-have book all about gold. Remember, gold is on the move, up 17%. Call 1-866-944-G-O-L-D. So you've got to take a state construction license exam or certification. Can't decide on what books or what chapters to study? Discover right now how you can eliminate unnecessary books and wasted study time. At ContractorExam.com, our study materials zero in on state-required test topics in an effective, multiple-choice format. So whether you're a plumber, electrician, general contractor, or other construction-related trade, ContractorExam.com will help get you prepared. Visit us at www.ContractorExam.com today. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. We have UFO or UAP researcher Erica Lukes. And by the way, she is head of something called Utah UFO Research Project right now. We have Greg Bishop as our guest co-host, and I asked Erica when she first became passionate about these subjects. Erica? When I was a small child, I believe I was six years old, I was in the school library, and I saw a book with a UFO on the cover, and I picked it up, and I just was mesmerized. And I think it was from that moment forward that something, a light went on inside me, and I knew that this was intriguing. I believed that there were many possibilities and I wanted to learn as much as I could. So I just studied and, you know, caught little bits and pieces. You know, when communion came out, that was a big thing. I read Bud Hopkins, just followed that. And through my lifetime, you know, I had had a series of interesting paranormal occurrences happen around me. And so I, I knew that there was something going on. I don't I didn't know what it was. And in my 2013, I had a series of sightings over the Salt Lake Valley of the orange orbs. So that's what pushed me forward into wanting to really dive in and research what was taking place. Now, did you go along with the crowd here in terms of UFOs possibly being from other planets or what? 
I did because I don't know. I mean, honestly, I can't say whether they're from outer space, whether it is something that is terrestrial, interdimensional. I mean, I just, I don't know. And I've always felt that we had a lot of different types of things going on. But the more I really put my claws into researching this, the more I feel that we're dealing with something that is perhaps terrestrial, that we don't have the capability of understanding. I do think it is absolutely possible that we are being visited by extraterrestrial civilizations as well, but I mean, none of us know. And I believe we need to find out pretty quickly. Do you accept the possibility that there are other answers to at least some of these UFOs? I do. All right. Now, you make a point of abductions, and you're also part of the MUFON Experiencer Research Team. Now, we've gone into abductions on the show, and some of our most controversial sessions have been with people who investigate abductions. We had the late Bud Hopkins on the show on several occasions. More recently, we had David Jacobs, and it was probably the most controversial episode of the Paracast ever. Because as much it. as people accept what he does or just accept it as part of an overall picture of evidence, others think he's a devil incarnate. Isn't it interesting? And, and I think he is interesting. I would like to have the opportunity to, to speak with him at some point. He has interesting ideas. Again, as I look into the abduction phenomenon, I believe it is very real. I believe that it's something that we need to take seriously, but I also see people even that research this type of thing, they don't really give it validity. And I don't understand that. Maybe it's too much for people. Well, the thing we have a problem with here, the Paracast with Jacobs, is that his methodology seems questionable. You know, like, there are no leading questions to be asked when you're trying to do hypnotic regression. And people we've talked to about using hypnosis in connection with abduction seem to be concerned about things like that. Having been involved in abduction research, what do you think? I think that it is incredibly important to find people that have been vetted and are good at this because like you said you can lead people down a path and a lot of times hypnosis is not exactly something that we it's hard to find somebody that's good is what i'm trying to say you know we have people or we when i was with the mufon uh experiencer team we had people that were really looked at and vetted and i know we didn't have anybody in utah that was that met the MUFON standards and that you have to go through a lot of paces and you also have to have insurance and, and all of this stuff, which is great. This is the way it should be. So with UFO abductions, are people really being captured by ETs, some unknown force, or are they experiencing something that they're interpreting as UFOs and ET because that's how things are now? That is a great question, and I honestly wish I knew the answer to that. I think you can look back historically and see that, you know, I mean, was it a succubus? I mean, there are all sorts of different interpretations as history has changed. Is it uh, something that's paranormal in nature? I don't know. I mean, that, and that's the whole thing. It's like, I would just want to find out as much as I can because nobody really knows what's taking place and the thought of something coming into your bedroom at night and and taking you whether it you know, just be 
spiritually, whatever you're you're doing. I mean, that's incredibly um, traumatizing. I feel absolutely just uh, the people that I I worked with and spoke with. I mean, they, these people were forever scarred and impacted. And then you've got the fact that you can't talk about this publicly. You know, they felt isolated from loved ones. It's a really, uh, a very sad thing. Again, I think the big question is what's really happening to these people. It seems strange that if E.T. is here and they want to take genetic samples or study humans, and maybe they have very little regard for us, why would they have to do it over and over again? How many samples do you need to get a flavor of what's happening with the local populace? That is a great question. And I would say, obviously, they're monitoring the progressions of people throughout their lifetimes, especially, I mean, we know women in their reproductive years. Uh, I, I, I don't know. I, I wish I knew, I wish I had any sort of answer. You know, I can speculate, but I don't have a lot of answers. You know, I've I had Melinda Leslie on my show a few about a month ago, and she's fascinating. Has done a lot of research, and Kathleen Martin as well, and and they have lots of great things to say about it. You want to drop in with a comment or question, Greg? Yeah, I've been typing out questions with the microphone off, so you don't hear all the tapping going on. I got I, in the midst of all those questions there. I had a few of them, um, and uh, I think uh, one thing I wanted to ask is uh, what What do you think of the idea that the questions that you ask when you're looking at uh, all these issues basically frames the phenomenon with an answer already, and kind of closes a loop and keeps keeps you close to uh, possibilities. That is an excellent question, and I think that's something that I have learned, uh, become a little more seasoned as an investigator, researcher. I've learned to to frame questions very carefully. Um, I've, you know, James Clarkson is a friend of mine. Um, I've spoken with Gary Hesseltine. Both of them are excellent detectives, and they have given me great guides for how to interact with the witness so you're not leading or putting anything in their minds. Let's do our break here, Erica. Okay. Okay. We'll have more about Erica talking about UFO abductions. Our guest co-host this week is Greg Bishop. With Gene and with Greg, you're in The Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Cancer categorizes over 100 diseases. Though we do not diagnose, treat, or cure cancer, GCN team is offering the Clemson University study where there was up to a 95% reduction in cancerous cells when exposed to a plant-derived mineral supplement. If you or a loved one are searching for answers to this horrifying disease, come to GCNteam.com or call 877-878-4203. We'll email you a copy for free. That's 877-878-4203. Water is the single most important thing your body needs, so you want to be sure it's the best for you and your family. Since 2005, thousands have depended on Berkey Purified Water. The Berkey Guy provides the lowest priced filtration systems in every size. For incredibly delicious water now and in an emergency, 
get to GoBerkey.com or call 877-886-3653. 877-886-3653. GoBerkey.com. This is it. For the first time ever on this station, U.S. government gold offered at cost for only $139 each. With Wall Street suffering its worst start to a trading year in history, now is especially the time to be paying attention to gold. This first time ever, U.S. legal tender government gold offered at cost for only $139 each is from the U.S. Money Reserve. Call them at 1-866-944-GOLD. Gold is on the move, so don't miss out. For the first time ever on this station, U.S. government gold offered at cost for only $139 each. 1-866-944-GOLD or online at usmoneyreserve.com. Ask for a free 55-page gold buyer's book. Plus, get a free Walking Liberty half dollar just for reading this must-have book. Get your free gold book, your free half dollar, but most importantly, get your gold at cost for only $139 per coin. 1-866-944-GOLD. My computer is so slow, it's making me crazy. I used to have that problem. Did you quit using a computer or did you buy a new one? No, I called Geeks on Site. They made an appointment to visit my home and showed up the same day. You mean they didn't ask you to bring your computer to a shop? That's what happened when I called a support company. Geeks on Site can go to your home or business or even repair your computer online. They have 24-7 emergency service. If you're having problems with your PC or Mac, call Geeks on Site. 1-800-591-1682. Our friendly certified computer Repair experts are available 24-7. Call now for a free diagnosis. 1-800-591-1682. Data recovery, virus removal, and maintenance for all laptops, desktops, printers, and networks. That's Geeks on Site for friendly certified computer repair experts available 24-7 over the phone or in your home or business. Just call 1-800-591-1682. That's 1-800-591-1682. 1-800-591-1682. Are you worried about your mom or dad living alone in their house? Hi, I'm Joan London. Listen, I know how difficult it is to find senior care for someone you love. That's why I recommend a free service called A Place for Mom. They are the nation's largest senior living referral service. Call A Place for Mom today. To receive free information on senior living communities in your area, call A Place for Mom at 1-800-704-6182. A Place for Mom offers free, one-on-one advice from local advisors and a personalized list of senior living communities you can visit. If you have questions about senior care for your mom or dad, there's a place for answers, a place for mom. Call A Place for Mom in the next 10 minutes to get your free ebook on financing senior care as well as free information on senior living communities in your area. Call 1-800-704-6182. That's 1-800-704-6182. Hi, this is James Fox from Chasing UFOs. You're listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. Now, just to make things even more interesting, when we had Micah Hanks on last week, he gave himself a magical echo effect. Ooh. Ain't that crazy? <laughs> <laughs> I was just thinking of doing a shadow laugh with an echo. And thank heavens I won't. That could be scary. <laughs> hey, people think I'm scary anyway, but let's look at your viewpoints further with regard to abduction research. Go ahead. You know, one of the biggest things that I feel 
we need to do with regards to this is I feel that we need to share information. And I feel this way not only with abduction research, but also with the field in general. I, I came into this and I was very shocked. It's kind of a dysfunction seen in a lot of uh, groups. And the fact that we work in an isolated we're often isolated and we're not sharing our findings. And I think if we're going to make any great progression with abduction research or figuring out what is flying around in our skies, we need to share the research. Am I dreaming? Uh, no, not not at all. I got a question about MUFON. Is there is there some kind of policy of, of what people are supposed to be looking for, or is it totally open at this point? I've, I've been told that there's not an ETH policy anymore and that people are free to believe what they want, but I wanted to know from your viewpoint, is that is that what's going on? And also, do they, they support research that's not, you know, the standard, if you want to call it that? You know, MUFON, I found many different viewpoints when I was working with other state directors and investigators in MUFON, I think that everybody comes into this with their own bias, so to speak. And I think it's interesting to see how that bias, even after decades of research, doesn't necessarily change. <laughs> and I, I, we were never told that you have to publicly state that this is what's happening. I mean, I think that people come to their own conclusions so I think that's, I think that's a good thing. I think that's what we need. We need to have diff differing opinions and different ways of researching and investigating this. Okay. I had one other question about the, uh, uh, you know, when you uh, interview people who are perhaps abductees or whatever you want to call it, I would say just by the fact that they're coming to MUFON, they've already kind of got an idea what's going on. And how do you deal with that? I mean, how do you weed out that, you know, a, a huge, you know, a myriad of things that could be happening to someone? Absolutely. Uh, you know, that it's another great question. We have a very extensive uh, experience or questionnaire. And then Kathleen Martin goes through and the group goes through and then they, they rate the scores. And, you know, you can kind of figure out who is maybe dealing with something other than an abduction, a potential abduction, and then based on that, then they assign investigators to do follow-ups and interview people. Okay. Yeah, well, the thing was, it's like if somebody goes to MUFON, I think they already kind of have an idea that some UFO type thing is going on, and, and it might not be. So you, you kind of covered that. Absolutely, yeah. And I knew Kathleen was is fantastic with that. I think people understand that when you're coming forward with a potential abduction uh, scenario that there are lots of things that you have to, to really root out to get to a true case of this happening. You know, there are people, I think, just in general that have lots of different reasons for wanting to come forward, and that needs that is addressed. Go ahead, uh, Gene. I've uh, run through about half the questions I typed out. <laughs> well, okay, so Reg is now going to go out and play some softball or something <laughs> because he's just he's just finished with it. Let me ask you here, too, about abductions. Are we still seeing a number of them new episodes, or is it something that's kind of old and far away in terms of the number of these cases? That is, oh, boy. You know, I believe that we're still seeing... A number of cases. I don't think that that's going to to let up. I don't know what it is. And to be frank, I've with my 
pursuits, I've kind of veered off from that and I'm looking more into specifically, you know, Skinwalker Ranch, the orange orb phenomenon and things like that. So there's just so many facets to all of this. It's like, how do you, how do you do it all? That's a good question. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a tough yeah, one. So much. All of this is so interesting to me. And it's like you go down one rabbit hole and then five more appear. And I have just finally kind of weeded out things that didn't really resonate with me. And I think because of what I have witnessed and researched, you know, definitely the orb stuff is is where I, I really want to focus stuff. Hey, I got a question. Where, where do you think MUFON should be, I don't know, five or 10 years from now? Where do you think they will be? And uh, do you have any personal preference about where they might be going and where they should end up in the future? I think that MUFON has done a great job with increasing membership um, and it, it raising public awareness about what's taking place. For me, as state director, um, former state director, I was very interested in seeing the database and seeing the analysis of what was taking place. And I didn't see a lot of that. And I know it is a volunteer organization, but to me, when you have 40 years of data, you have to look at what the data is telling you. I became aware of, you know, after researching the orange orb phenomenon, I became aware of the fact that there were specific places all over the world where there were sightings clusters Oftentimes, these places were seen in areas that had specific mineral or rare earth content, bodies of water. They were in on Native American reservations. It's interesting to me. And so I wanted to know why or what I could do with MUFON to start analyzing the database so we could make connections, get people out in the field where these sightings clusters are taking place, and then do good data collection but that that was that's a a process that is going to be a long <laughs> long time coming because unfortunately you still have people that think things are chinese lanterns sometimes they are i think a lot of times they're not and so you have to convince people and, and in my opinion waste a lot of good productive time convincing people that credible sightings are not Chinese lanterns, you know, <laughs> well, that, that's, yeah, that's another thing of doing all this study. I was like, what is the purpose of, you know, MUFON ultimately, is it to prove to people that there's an actual real um, uh, unknown phenomenon going on? Or is that, do you think that they shouldn't care and just go on with their research until they have some sort of a uh, presentable answer? I think that any organization like you know, move on. I think that they need to have a very clear and deliberate message. I believe that we have, you know, we've got more than ample evidence that something is taking place. And I think it, it's a matter of how you disseminate that message. Instead of, you know, coming, and I'm not saying that MUFON does this, but instead of just saying that this is a belief system, no, it's not a belief system. This is a fact. This is a reality. So how do we mobilize the top leaders in the research community globally to step forward, work on a united front, and get good research? You know, that to me, those are the things that we need to be 
focusing on. And I, I, you know, don't think that having as, as great as it is to have investigators out there looking at individual cases, and we need that, we need to have a, a group that looks at the larger picture because there is a larger picture taking place and we can't forget that. Mm-hmm. Is that working, do you think? Well, it's it's working for me. <laughs> <laughs> of course you know, it works I, for you, but outside the community, people are, it's very hard to convince people either one, if they're not interested in it, or two, if they haven't had a, you know, some sort of experience themselves. So you're going for that huge other part of the population that either, you know, absolutely doesn't believe or want or is interested or, you know, is on the fence, but they need some kind of, you know, what kind of evidence is going to convince them. More to come with guest co-hosts Greg Bishop and Erica Lukes. You're in The Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Conspiracy Journal is your number one source for the hidden world of the weird and strange. We bring you thought-provoking and controversial material for free-thinking individuals who are seeking what is really going on in our world today. Some of this material may adversely affect you. Other pieces are meant to enlighten. Either way, be prepared to be intrigued by such things as the reality of UFOs, ghosts, strange creatures from time and space, hidden conspiracies, time travel, Nikola Tesla, suppressed technology, and a whole lot more. You can find out more by visiting our website at conspiracyjournal.com. There you can sign up for our free weekly newsletter sent directly to your email address. Find out what they don't want you to know. There's nothing more enticing and intoxicating than the finest meat cooking on an open flame. Freeze-dried meat from NewHarvest.com is U.S. grown, 100% all-natural with no extra fillers. Just grass-fed beef and free-range chicken guaranteed to stay fresh and delicious. Add New Harvest freeze-dried meats to your current food storage. You'll buy direct from the factory, not a third party, ensuring the best price and the highest quality. See all our products at NewHarvestFoods.com. That's NUHarvestFoods.com. No other network provides the level of customer service we do. When it comes to radio advertising, we are your one-stop shop. And no matter how big or small your business is, we can help. Email us at advertise at GCNlive.com and an experienced advertising executive will help you take the first step towards driving more customers to your business or website. Advertise at GCNlive.com. Easy, affordable, effective. Paid non-attorney spokesperson, Adam Pulaski of the Pulaski Law Firm with Principal Office in Houston, Texas, is the attorney responsible for the content of this ad. This ad is not legal advice, and the choice of a lawyer should not be based solely upon advertisement. Services may not be available in all states. Attention Zarelto users. If you or a loved one took Zarelto and suffered a serious bleeding event, you may be entitled to financial compensation. Zarelto is a popular prescription blood thinner used to prevent blood clots and protect patients from strokes. These serious bleeding events have led to numerous cases of hospitalization and even death. Phone lines are open 24-7. Call 800-261-0937. That's 800-261-0937. Today, how to incorporate your business in just 10 minutes so you won't lose everything if you get sued. Step 1. Stop putting it off. 
If you're not incorporated and someone sues your business tomorrow, it's not just your business at risk. You can lose everything, your home, your car, even your life savings. Step two, call the following number for a free 10-minute incorporation guide from incorporate.com. 1-800-941-5257. They don't provide legal or financial advice. They just make incorporating quick and easy. So you can incorporate or form an LLC in just 10 minutes. That number again is 1-800-941-5257. Step three, Congratulate yourself. By taking just 10 minutes to incorporate your business or form an LLC, you protected your home, your car, and your life savings. And that is how you incorporate your business in just 10 minutes. But hurry while they're still giving away these 10-minute incorporation guides for free. Call 1-800-941-5257. That's 1-800-941-5257. A good stove is at the top of the list for any serious survivalist. That's why you have to see the full range at Emberlit.com. Simple, elegant, but extraordinarily efficient. Available in titanium or stainless steel, the Emberlit line of stoves are ultralight, pack flat, and work great. Fueled only by sticks and debris. From emergency situations to long-term survival, Emberlit stoves are up to the task. Emberlit, the most convenient, easy-to-carry wood stoves on the planet. See them all at Emberlit.com. This is Jerome Clark, author of the UFO Encyclopedia and other books. You're listening to the Paracast. I was hoping for something musical. Next. Oh. <laughs> so on the next, maybe when you it's do it. It's too early this. in the morning. I, I, I pulled the ocarina on him a couple shows ago and it. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Michael Jackson breaking it down. <laughs> well, if you want to contact dead singers, that's the way to do it. We have Erica Lukes and Greg Bishop, and we're focusing now on abduction research. So, Greg, ask away. My question was, is, you know, how do you convince the people that are outside the organization and the people that um, aren't interested or, you know, think that there isn't anything there? I mean, I was going to say my opinion is that I think the change has to come from people's views of reality and how we perceive it rather than telling them, yes, there is some sort of phenomenon. Uh, What do you think? Oh, boy. I think that is such a a multi-layered thing to think about for... You know, for, for me, I I am a very open and vocal person about my experiences, and I'm I. It was interesting for me when I started to have these sightings to talk about them and see the public reaction to that, even my friends. And as I have, you know, they don't have time for it. They don't even oh, whatever. It's just crazy talk and yada yada. But as I changed the way I presented things to people, I saw a little bit of a light go on. And now my friends, I mean, there's not a a day that goes by that somebody I don't know in Utah doesn't say, oh my gosh, I was looking up and I can't believe it. it it's just shifting people's perspectives. How do we get people away from living in their little bubble? You know, and I think we do this even if we're not looking for UFOs, we do this way too much. We have 
our nine to five job. We're looking straight forward. We're not paying attention to our intuition. We're not paying attention to what's up in our skies. We're taking place in an intuitive level. And I think that if we talk about it enough and expose people to that, that we can open up a new world and perhaps lead research, you know, forward. I don't know. I hope so. I'll give it back to Gene. I'm taking it right here. I'm just going to put it into a little box and hope we'll get somewhere. Now, I have made a couple of criticisms about MUFON, and I'm not assuming you're a spokesperson for them because I want to ask you about the Utah UFO Research Project. And that is, I don't see where, at least publicly, MUFON has accomplished all that much since, what, 1969. What do we know today that we didn't know then that's significant? You know... (laughs) I think that we definitely know that we are experiencing something that we're being visited. I think that, you know, MUFON every year, we they have the top 10 cases. And so we have great cases that come through. But I, I don't, you know, I, I, I've, I have asked myself that and I feel that hopefully I, I made some contributions while I was state director. In that regard, and I, I know that we've also, I, my Project Orange team has done great things with regards to now we're we're implementing some of what we've found into the education for MUFON field investigators, and that's fabulous. So I think that changes are are coming. I think that we will. Jan Harzan is understands that he needs to look at different facets of this and bring some of the more high gradient things into research. So I think things are are changing, but how do we, how, I think MUFON needs to be more clear on the information it gives to the public. I think, you know, we can go in there and look at the database, but I think we need to have really good, good information. We need to get more information out there with regards to what MUFON has done. Now, MUFON has a database. National UFO Reporting Center has a database. There are other databases around the world. Wouldn't it make sense to find some way to get all these databases to be merged? It certainly would. <laughs> you know, I've, I've, it, it, I go back and forth on that sometimes. I mean, to me, it, it, when I first started this, I thought it would be great to do that. I think that what you know, unfortunately, until we have standardized protocols for obtaining, you know, sightings reports, it might not really do any good because you've got, you know, we've moved on as a pretty, pretty good form that you fill out when you're, when you're doing things. I'm not sure. In fact, I, I wish I could remember what Peter Davenport's form was like, but I think we all need to come together and standardize protocols. I think that it's never necessarily a good idea to have all the data in one place, if you know what I mean. So... I don't. I don't know. What do you think about it? You've been doing this. You've seen a lot of things. I think at this point, we have tons of data, but it could be contradictory. We can have situations where there's a sighting with multiple witnesses, but MUFON has two of the witnesses. The fourth and fifth witnesses are on National UFO Reporting Center, and maybe one more witness has never reported it anywhere. You're not getting a complete picture unless you have that. The second thing is with regard to following up on these cases, learning more about the person who has the sighting, not just treating the sighting as 
a specific event that's separate from someone's own life and lifestyle. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I could not agree with you more. I think that's important. When I was state director, and even now that I'm investigating and, and doing things with this new project, I mean, the first thing I do when I get a case report is I look at every other database that I can get my hands on. And I always, you know, go right to New Fork because they, you know, you get one sighting here and then you get two sightings on New Fork that are similar sightings. And so pulling in all of those resources is essential and and also like you said you need to to not look at things as though they are isolated incidences they're they're not this is something that is you need to pursue i don't think that after a certain amount of time in my opinion uh cases should necessarily be closed i had a, a great case here a mass sighting um, a couple years ago, and that was a case that I still have open because I'm getting new information about it. And so I think it takes a lot of work. This isn't case open, case closed. Now, do you ever look into a person's background? Have they had previous sightings? Have they encountered other strange things, not just UFOs? Yes, I do. And I, I find that people that have UFO sightings typically have paranormal things happening in their environment. So there it's, it's, and they, you know, you have one sighting and then you, you talk with a witness and, and they often divulge, Oh, I think, you know, I remember when I was out in the desert and I had, I saw this and da, 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 da. And so you do establish a, a pattern, whether the witness is misidentifying objects or not, you know, you have to be pretty good at asking the right questions and determining that. But people are often repeat, they have repeat things happen, repeated things happen. We call them repeat offenders. I'm kidding. <laughs> All right, We but, know a few of those. All right. Now you mentioned that you've had sightings, particularly in 2013. Let's get more details about those. And we'll cover that in the remainder of this segment and persist with that in the next segment as need be. Now, prior to 2013, had you ever had any UFO and or a paranormal experience? I did. I lived in my in my late 20s and early 30s. I lived in a home that was, oh my gosh, about 100 years old. And we had peated. I mean, and we're talking multiple people over the decade that I lived there. Uh, things happened where people were seeing a, a male figure where... Objects would fly off shelves and and interact with electronics, just different things. It was really a fascinating thing. We had a, a group come out and do multiple investigations and, of course, got the typical EVPs and, and orbs and, and things. And it was just a really fun, fascinating time nice. to see this and to see people that were that were just didn't even want to to go there, come into the home and have things happen and just be like, whoa. <laughs> so there was that, which was really interesting. I had a couple experiences where I saw things up in the sky that were perhaps unusual, but I don't know if that was something truly anomalous. And it wasn't until 2013 that I said, whoa, wait a minute, this is really weird and i need to figure out what it is that that we're seeing let's find out what happened in 2013 
we have Erica Lukes, and amongst many, 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 many pursuits, she is the head of the Utah UFO Research Project, of which we'll ask more. We have Greg Bishop, our guest co-host. You're in the Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Attack of the Rockoids has been well-received by critics and readers alike. It's a -a thrill-a-minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. I'm Nick Soboleski, a select quote agent with a true story that could save you hundreds of dollars a year. A woman named Linda just called. Her husband, Ray, has a $300,000 group life insurance policy, but is changing jobs and can't take it with him. Well, I impartially shot the highly rated term life insurance companies we represent and found Ray, who is 41 and takes medication to control his cholesterol, a 10-year, $500,000 policy for under $26 a month. That's almost twice the coverage for less than half of what he had paid. If SelectQuote hasn't shopped for your life insurance, you're probably paying too much. For your free quote, call 1-800-403-4885. That's 1-800-403-4885. 1-800-403-4885. Or go to SelectQuote.com. We shop. You save. Get full details in the example policy at slowquote.com slash commercials. Your price can vary depending on your health issuing company and other factors. Not available in all... Welcome back to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. We're going to have a best of stinger eventually on the Paracast. We have Greg Bishop as our guest co-host with Erica Lukes. And I'll remind you before we go on that we actually have a second radio show that we offer called After the Paracast to people who are subscribers to the Paracast Plus. We offer an enhanced version of this show without the network ads, better quality audio. We have a few show transcripts starting to offer videos. And we're going to offer... I have it already. I haven't had a chance to put it up. Segments of this book that Chris O'Brien did with Ray Stanford. Never before published. You'll see it first. To find out more about the Paracast Plus, go to plus.theparacast.com, plus.theparacast.com. I was talking to Erica Lukes about her experiences in 2013. Let's really delve into it in this segment. Erica? So in 2013, I was, I spent, it was a beautiful summer. It was July and I was 
entertaining a lot, and I have an incredible view of the Salt Lake Valley. I am situated kind of up in the in the uh, the west side, or excuse me, the, the east side of, of the valley, and I could look over and see the Salt Lake International Airport, all these these spots. And so we would sit out and just look at everything, look at the airplanes going by, have fun. And there was a particular night when my friends were over and we noticed there were orange lights in the sky. And it, it, it kind of struck us as odd because, you know, you can tell when there's that artificial light of an aircraft. You can tell because, you know, I mean, it, it looks different than what we were seeing. And as we noticed this object, there was a, a smaller one that that appeared to drop out of the larger object and then move in a circle around the larger object. We were obviously pretty stunned and intrigued. So I grabbed, I began for a couple months, well, probably longer than that, just every night setting up my video camera on the porch and noticed that these objects would come with regularity. One night I was looking out over by the Ochre Mountains and saw one of these orange objects coming up from on the, in front of the mountain, it appeared to be the base of the mountain, coming up and hovering in one place for upwards of five minutes and then moving in a line headed north. And then another object came up, stopped in the same place, moved in the same line, and then another object. So it was very intriguing to me. And I I wanted to know, first of all, what this was because it was intriguing. But then I also understood the fact that whatever these things are, they're in the flight path for the international airport. We live very close to Dugway proving ground. And I believe that we need to pay attention to things for multiple reasons. So I started calling people, you know, I mean, I called Hill Air Force Base. I called Dugway Proving Ground. <laughs> you know, anybody I could think of. I looked through YouTube videos, tried to look through case reports. I just wanted to know whether other people were seeing this and what it was. That took me to Peter Davenport, and Peter was incredible to me, and he still is. And I filed some reports with him. And then I found MUFON and realized that we didn't have any, so to speak, a, a very large presence here in Utah. I became a field investigator and then eventually state director. It was just a crazy time. I mean, I, I still to this day do not know what it is that I saw. And I know that, you know, this is something that's happening globally. Yeah. So anything, was it like a set time that this was going on or has it continued in any way? I have not mm-hmm. seen, I mean, I've seen mm-hmm. a few things in that same area. Now I've I've had some interesting sightings or I've heard of cases that are on the opposite side of the valley. And so, you know, I'm kind of expanding. I'm, I'm looking, trying to, I've got a, a group of people that I can text on a dime and say, okay, get your equipment out there. Let's figure out, you know, try to get some some evidence, some photos, uh, video evidence, figure stuff out. It's, it seems to move around. But when we were seeing this in 2013, it was, the time was about dusk to about, till about 11 o'clock at night. And it would happen within that time frame. Hmm. 
that's interesting. It was only in that in that time frame. Did you stay up later to find out if it happened after that? I tried to stay up as late as I could, but unfortunately, my days as a musician <laughs> kind of oh, yeah. wore off. You know, it's like oh, so I really I, I thought musicians stayed up till four in the morning all the time. <laughs> well, you know, I'm telling you, I don't know what happened, but I've turned into Grandma Moses. It's just really frightful. <laughs> Did anything else happen around the time? Because you were talking earlier, and I kind of wanted to pursue that, about various other things that happened, paranormal events, whatever psychic events that happened around UFO witnesses. Did that, did that happen to you at all or anybody you knew? I did have a, a series of interesting events. I think my whole, you know, I've had strange events like that my whole life, but there were, you know, strange electrical things taking place. Um, oh, my gosh. And I'm going to have to look. I'll have to think back we did have I mean, I've always, there's always been stuff like that so oh no no it's was, it's was just it was a very interesting time for me and i think that just seeing that opened my eyes to so many other things when you do your research and mufon does research do they address these paranormal things or do they log them somehow uh, into the database or is it uh, is it considered something separate and and people don't uh, people won't deal with it Typically, MUFON doesn't investigate the paranormal. And for me, having talked to multiple witnesses over the time I've been doing this, I believe that you, you have to look at all of it. And yeah, and because, they, yeah, because we don't know, you know, we don't, yeah. we don't, we don't understand where one thing uh, takes over and the other one, you know, leaves off. It's just, we have to, we, as people that are trying to scientifically research something, we have to look at every piece of evidence we have. Now yeah. I've expressed this opinion and maybe it follows from what you're saying too, that one of the problems in UFO research is that we have tunnel vision. And as you say, MUFON's not concentrating on these side events, but right now, can we even define what a UAP or UFO event is if we don't include them as possibilities, these other issues? I don't believe that we, we can. I, I think that we need to stop separating it. And I, when I would have conversations with people um, when I was state director about why we were excluding things like this, it was people had the the idea that mainstream scientists wouldn't take us seriously if we were talking about the paranormal. And my thought was, I, I don't know if they ever will take us seriously. <laughs> we're talking about Yay UFOs. For you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Why and, should you care whether mainstream science takes you seriously or not? Because it doesn't really matter. That's just holding you back. You exactly. Know? Exactly. And I think that's kind of more of an, maybe an ego-driven thing i don't know well it's kind of like the the um the disclosure thing to me you're looking for approval from people that you that you don't agree with don't believe in and who don't agree with you so why bother you know i think that's the thing that i just kind of stood by with my mouth hanging open half the time to to watch some of these debates on facebook pages from researchers and and different people that it was oh my gosh it was it, it was just it's Think of how much time we waste trying to debunk <laughs> things, trying to, you know, prove that you're right and, and do the chest pounding, you know, and, and you know, I, I, I don't get it. it. It's not needed. It doesn't accomplish anything. And I don't need to prove, you know, to anybody that there's merit in, in what I'm saying, let, let alone, I mean, it would be wonderful. And hopefully at some point in time, the mainstream scientific community will realize that 
yeah, it's happening and they better save face and jump on board. But it's not my main goal in life to convince them. I don't need to do that. I'll collect research on my own. We have more to talk about with Erica Lukes. Our co-host is Greg Bishop. Chris O'Brien is kind of under the weather this week after having a walk about no, a trip to California last week. I, I lied about it earlier. With Gene and Greg, you're in... The Paracast. I can't sing it! <laughs> <laughs> Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there's The Coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors. Find out more at rockoids.com. That's rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. Are you worried about your mom or dad living alone in their house? Hi, I'm Joan London. Listen, I know how difficult it is to find senior care for someone you love. That's why I recommend a free service called A Place for Mom. They are the nation's largest senior living referral service. Call A Place for Mom today. To receive free information on senior living communities in your area, call A Place for Mom at 1-800-704-6182. A Place for Mom offers free, one-on-one advice from local advisors and a personalized list of senior living communities you can visit. If you have questions about senior care for your mom or dad, there's a place for answers, a place for mom. Call A Place for Mom in the next 10 minutes to get your free ebook on financing senior care as well as free information on senior living communities in your area. Call 1-800-704-6182. That's 1-800-704-6182. My dad was 59 when he collapsed from a heart attack late last year. Just this past August was when we spread his ashes on the St. Croix River. I loved my dad, but boy was he stubborn. He hadn't been to the doctor in over 25 years. His excuse? He simply couldn't afford it. He wasn't a rich man by any means. At less than $107 per month, libertyoncall.org would have been the perfect alternative for my father. Don't wait. Go to libertyoncall.org right now for not just your sake, but for the sake of your loved ones. Again, that's libertyoncall.org. It's about time something new came along for better selling and buying online. And I found it. What now, Marge? It's buysellmakeoffer.com. Never heard of it. It's a brand new company. That's why you've never heard of it. It's the newest and best way to sell any products online. I did all the research. Sell my car? Yes. Our home? Yep. My golf bag? Your golf clubs. All of them. How about your purse collection hoard? Hey, now. You said any product. Right. I did. Hmm. We get 30 days free. Really? Packages starting from only $7.95. And buysellmakeoffer.com will never charge item fees ever. Mm. Never. And this is cool. Listen to this. You can even use Skype or video to show your items. That's cool. Yes. 
All we have to do is go to the website, sign up, and then load our stuff to sell. I love this site. BuySellMakeOffer.com BuySellMakeOffer.com You got it? BuySellMakeOffer.com BuySellMakeOffer.com Better selling, better buying. This is David Cordani, CEO of Cigna. For more than 20 years, Cigna has worked with the March of Dimes to address premature births in the U.S., Premature births cause horrible suffering and cost billions of dollars each year. That's why Cigna is committed to raising funds and awareness through our employees, family, and friends to improve the health of moms and babies. Please join us in supporting the March for Babies. Start your team today at marchforbabies.org. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. Okay, I'll leave that completely with the laughter. We have Erica Lukes, who's a good sport because we're driving her nuts, and Greg Bishop. We have a few questions from listeners that we'll get to as we continue. Now, the dream is that mainstream science will latch on to UFOs. And that's a dream that's been going on since the 50s. Hasn't happened except for scattered groups of scientists or individuals, outliers as you were. But if we're going to look at UFOs as a more expansive mystery, not just the things seen in the sky or occasionally landing or seen at close range, but other weird things going on. Do you think anyone in science is going to look at that? I think that science has always been slow to change, and I think that they will, but I don't necessarily, you know, I don't have time to wait around for that. I don't think we have time to wait around for that. I do believe that when you get outside of the United States, you have a much more liberal viewpoint of this. And and you also have other governments that are looking into this and wanting to research it. I always look at somebody for me who I think is incredibly important in this field is is Erling Strand over at Heshtalen. And to see such a really hardcore scientist who was, he and his team have collected 30 years of data. I mean, this is hard scientific data. So... He's been relentless in doing this, and they've opened a lot of eyes, and I think this is great. I believe that he's also been very careful about the way he disseminates information, knowing that the scientific community perhaps is looking at things from a very skeptical point of view, but it's it's working with people like Erling and other researchers, maybe on a global level, that we can really make good change. Well, right now, when you talk to mainstream news sources, for the most part, except for a few of the exceptions, when you express an interest in UAP, UFO, or whatever, you are an ET believer. Inevitably, you're an ET believer. It's ET. 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 I'm pretty sick of the mainstream media with regards to that. I mean, it just, I'm sure you feel the same way. It makes me really angry at the fact that they're so belittling of of something and they're yeah they go straight to that et phone home kind of nonsense and it's just um that needs to stop and i think people in mainstream media need to understand that that um this is a very real thing 
and it deserves respect. And the people that come forward deserve respect because that takes a lot of guts. So maybe science is picking up on it. But what can an organization like MUFON do to change the way things are happening? Again, I keep saying they started in 1969. It's 2016. And when you go to the site, you don't see a change, really, in the way they're focused. You know, I I, I hope that that will change. I, I do believe that um, the executive director of MUFON, Jan Harzan, is under, he understands that and is trying to work on things. I do believe personally that for me and for other people, that was frustrating because we do have, I mean, with 40 years of cases, we need... We need to know what, <laughs> where, where, put those cases together. Let let us all see the research that has been done. I would like that. I think that's important. I know that uh, Robert Powell and the Scientific Review Board, like I was saying earlier, they have the top 10 cases of the year that come out, and that's great. Um, I'm hoping that my latest case will be in the top 10 because it was such a, a just a fascinating case. But we will we'll see. Um, I hope... I, I am planning on with my group here. I'm, I'm really hoping, and I'm keeping my fingers crossed that we can make good contributions, and we will share our research with people. Let's talk more about the Utah UFO Research Project. How did you first begin to get connected with this organization? Are you the founder? I am. You know, I when I resigned as state director from MUFON, I wanted to have some sort of support system for my organization here. And so I reached out uh, to Butch and he was, he's with the, the uh, UFO research center uh, back East. And I wanted to just have, who is that again? You reached out kind to? of, it was, it's Butch Wachowski. Oh, stop. <laughs> All right. You've heard about the problems with Butch. I have, I, you know, and I, I don't, again, this is, I just, there's I, I there's so many problems with everybody in this field, and I don't know. He's been incredible to me. That's right, but I the problem say. is here is that there are allegations that he has not satisfactorily refuted, that a lot of his credentials are fake. You know, I've heard that, and I don't – that's not – I think that there are so many allegations of so many people in this field that I don't – I don't know necessarily – I don't I don't care because what I want to do is establish an organization if I get help from that team that's great there are many other people that work with him and with the organization and move on too that can be of assistance to me and what we're doing here and that's great so I'm you know I don't I, for me I got so fed up with the the kind of drama with regards to that, who's saying who about who and who, you, do you know what I mean? That I just, I don't, I don't care. <laughs> right. But what if those allegations are true? Well, they, that is great. And maybe they are, but it doesn't affect what I'm doing here. So if that makes sense, because it's not my, my investigations are my investigations mm -hmm. They're part of my team. My team does the work. The work stays with my team. And we have complete control over what happens. Now, you were once a state director of MUFON. Yes. You're not any longer. Why? For me, I it was a series of things. I felt that I wasn't necessarily being supported in the way that I 
needed to be. We had a pretty big case that came out and I was hoping, you know, some things happened and I really, um, I just, I made the decision that I was dealing with too much negativity and it wasn't productive for me or what I was trying to do. And I really sat back and it was a hard decision for me because I'd worked my butt off to establish a chapter to uh, move Utah out to an international spotlight so it was getting attention that it deserved. But I finally said, I am. I have better ways to serve this community. And it's not, it's not this. So it was a hard thing. Yeah, well, it's, it's, I'm glad you did that because uh, a while ago, I gave a, a talk that was not very well received where I said that very small groups should break off and do their own research uh, and then present it to the, you know, to the greater community and see what they can do with it. Can you reproduce this? Is this useful? But to not do it under a large umbrella where you're being directed by people to do certain things. Um, do you see that as something important going forward in the future to have these smaller groups doing their own research? Erica, let's have that answer in our next segment. Okay. All right, we have Greg Bishop as our guest co-host. Chris O'Brien's under the weather this week. Our guest is Erica Lukes. With Gene and Greg, you're in. You are listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Dr. Joel Wallach here. If you're a baby boomer and you're worried about the big epidemics coming, and I'm not talking about the bird flu or the swine flu, I'm talking about epidemics of Alzheimer's disease, heart disease, obesity, diabetes, arthritis, cancer. That's because the 80 million baby boomers followed all the advice of doctors, and uh uh-oh, Houston, we have a problem. See Dr. Wallach live in Little Rock, Arkansas, Saturday, May 14th, 1 p.m. Go to www.cdocinarkansas.com. That's cdocinarkansas.com. This is Dan Pilla. Do you owe the IRS money you can't pay? Are tax debts crippling you? I've defended people from the IRS for over 30 years. I've helped thousands and I can help you too. I wrote the book on IRS settlement and I'm telling you, there's no such thing as a hopeless case. Call 800-34-NO-TAX to finally get free of IRS debt. With the IRS's new programs, there's never been a better time to solve your problem. Call 800-34-NO-TAX. That's 800-34-NO-TAX or my website, danpilla.com. Dangerous blood clot device alert. If you or a loved one had an IVC filter placed to prevent blood clots from traveling to your heart or lungs and suffered an injury, you may be entitled to substantial financial compensation. The FDA warns that IVC filters may cause serious complications, such as heart or lung damage, internal bleeding, and even death. These dangerous blood clot devices can break and the metal fragments can travel to your heart or lungs causing serious injuries. If you or a loved one suffered organ damage or other injuries from an IVC filter, you may be entitled to substantial financial compensation. Act now. Time is limited to file a claim. For a free consultation and free information, call Injury Help Desk at 800-478-1507. 800-478-1507-800-478-1507. This is an advertisement. Paid non-attorney spokesperson. InjuryHelpDesk.com is responsible for this advertisement. Principal Office, Las Vegas, Nevada. I'm Nick Soboleski, a select quote agent with a true story that could save you hundreds of dollars a year. A woman named Linda just called. Her husband, Ray, has a $300,000 group life insurance policy, 
but is changing jobs and can't take it with him. Well, I impartially shot the highly rated term life insurance companies we represent and found Ray, who is 41 and takes medication to control his cholesterol, a 10-year, $500,000 policy for under $26 a month. That's almost twice the coverage for less than half of what he had paid. If SelectQuote hasn't shopped for your life insurance, you're probably paying too much. For your free quote, call 1-800-403-4885. That's 1-800-403-4885. 1-800-403-4885. Or go to selectquote.com. We shop. You save. Get full details on the example policy at selectquote.com slash commercials. Your price can vary depending on your health issuing company and other factors. Not available in all states. Hi, Peter Vaccaro for ParanormalDate.com. Are you looking for love in all the wrong places? Now you have a chance to change that by signing up for free at ParanormalDate.com. This incredible dating site puts people of like minds together. People who are interested in the strange, the unusual, mysteries, ghosts, UFOs, and the afterlife, and so much more. ParanormalDate.com was developed for you, people seeking a viable alternative to the other dating services. You can join for free by going to ParanormalDate.com, and if you decide you like it and want to connect with people, use the code GEORGE for a substantial discount. Mark Rawlings, president of ParanormalDate.com, says so many people hunger to share their experiences about the paranormal, the unexplainable, or the afterlife, and so much more, and this is the source for them to meet and share that common interest. So sign up for free at ParanormalDate.com, ParanormalDate.com. And use the code GEORGE if you decide to connect with someone you like. Hey, this is Marie D. Jones, the author of This Book is from the Future. And you are listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. Yes, there it is, calling Mr. Roboto. <laughs> I won't give you the ocarina again. That was just that one show. <laughs> well, there are strange creatures who will reach their hands from the display of your computer and grab you by the neck if you did. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Oh, my God, I love it. Okay, as we descend into irrelevance here, Greg, you asked a question of Erica. Erica, your response? Okay, you have to ask me the question again. <laughs> what I was asking was that uh, you just said that you had broken off from MUFON because you had to do your, you felt like that you needed to do your own work. And I was saying, do you think this is good for the future of the subject to have small groups breaking off and doing their own research, doing good research, and then coming back with it to the greater community and saying, you know, what do you think of this and how valuable is it? And can you reproduce it? For me, I think that, you know, and I, I'd still, I just have to say that I am still technically a field investigator for MUFON and, and so, but I just, stepping back and doing my own thing. I think that when you have smaller groups, I think that we need to establish one community. I really feel that. And I feel that we need to, like I was saying, we need to have specific protocols for investigations and we need to be able to share that. So I do worry that smaller groups will tend to isolate themselves more and not do that. And I don't think that helps anything. So at some point in time, I hope we can have a cohesive unit. 
And for me, when I'm doing, you know, any of my research here, I mean, there's not a day that goes by that I'm not talking to somebody from all over the world, trying to share information, trying to learn things, trying to create a community, because I know that that's what we need to do. It just seems that any whenever these communities get together, people get so, uh, what's the word? They get territorial about their stuff, and that that, that seems to break them apart. So uh, for myself, I don't even know what the answer is, except for that the good research will rise to the top, and the people that are going to fight are going to fight. I mean, I, I, I don't know the answer either. You know, what form could that take where, where you would have some sort of an organization that's cohesive that is that doesn't start to break apart like that? I think it's the nature of organizations to do that almost. I think it is. And I think especially when you have a larger organization and, you know, especially when you have people that are volunteering their time and they're, they're committing resources. And it's, it's, it's a hard thing to run a non-for-profit organization. It's a hard thing to manage people, as we all know. I do think, though, that it's it's important. And we, we have to just stop looking at this as I'm, you know, this is mine. You know, I'm the researcher here and I need all the credit for it. No, this is us. This is all of us doing this together because somebody's going to have a different perspective that will turn a light on and then put connect the, the pieces of the puzzle. And that's vital. And I, I do feel that there is an awful lot of ego in this field and in, in the scientific community. And I think that we have to, to rise above that to make great contributions. Mm-hmm. Actually, that leads into one of the questions from the forum from Dave M., if I can ask it. It's a three-part question, but the, the relevant part, and, and Dave, I'll ask the other part, he asked that uh, as a member and director of MUFON, do you feel that research- researchers should be paid to investigate rather than just being volunteers? Well, I would certainly like that because I would be making a lot of money. <laughs> <You know? laughs> Lord Almighty, you know, I mean, I, I, I think that would be great. I don't foresee that happening anytime soon. I think that it's hard enough for mainstream scientists to get funding for things. But it would certainly be nice because we work really hard. Mm-hmm. The other part of his question was uh, your website mentions the Skinwalker Ranch. Have you personally been on the property? And if so, what can you tell us about your trip? So I've been on the periphery of Skinwalker Ranch. And, and since it's private property and, you know, we've got the security guards going on around there. I mean, I would never trespass um, as intriguing as it might be. But, you know, I do have ongoing investigations up in that area. The whole area, not just Skinwalker Ranch, is an active location. I think that that's something that is, it's been going on for hundreds of years. This isn't anything new. I do find the fact that you have so much, so many different types of phenomena in this area intriguing. I believe that what is there is not necessarily a good thing. That is my belief. You know, that's not, that's just after looking at what has happened to all of the cattle ranchers in the area, people have been terrorized and not just the, the Shermans, but wow, what a crazy place. place. Yeah. Do you think that the, that they've uh, increased since those people have been there and the research has been going on there or was it, it was, 
or is it basically just as crazy as it ever was? What I'm getting at really is, do you, do you think that the researchers have affected the, the area in some way to, to, to change what was going on? I don't, I don't, I wouldn't believe so. I don't think this, uh, whatever is taking place there necessarily cares about the researchers there. I think yeah. it's, you know, <laughs> it's just going to do its own thing and well, play around with people. And yeah, there is an interaction. I mean, they'll play, that's trickster, you know, they'll play with, with people, but I, I definitely, you know, I talked to George Knapp a few months ago and, and he feels that whatever's happened at Skinwalker Ranch, that the major activity has kind of died off. I don't know if that is the case. I He's always been very helpful to me, so I would think so. But I think that, you know, you're finding that there are other areas where you're seeing perhaps increases in what's taking place. I mean, I still get reports of cattle mutilations, strange balls of light, strange creatures, increased military presence um so it's lots 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 good stuff going on up there all right this is from specter 73 erica are you aware of any solid ufo cases that originate from china or india with so many people in these countries shouldn't there be more sightings or is it a case of no one to report to or that their culture view any sightings in a completely different context wow that's beautifully put question you know i honestly i don't I try to focus on what's taking place in Utah and specific hotspots around the world with regards to the orb phenomenon. I don't when you when I see cases, I don't really delve into them to see if they're credible cases in China and India. I do think that it is fascinating, you know, when you look at just some of the the cultural aspects of things how cultures have always known that these things were taking place, you know, in India, I believe, you know, in Australia, indigenous people understood that there was something taking place and they had different terminology for it. And it, it's just, it's cool. The whole thing's cool. But if, if you've got any good cases from China and India, I would love to, to hear about them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a, uh, there is a, a base of um, researchers in China, but not too much of their research get, gets out. India, I'm not sure. I haven't heard too much from India. We really Let's need organizations in these in these countries. We definitely need, I, to my knowledge, I don't know if we have a big, if there's a big uh, presence in India where people felt feel like they could go report sightings. Mm-hmm. So hopefully, you know, MUFON will address that or some of the larger organizations can do that and get chapters in areas so people can report. Yeah, they just have to have somewhere to go where the the stuff isn't going to be just thrown down a well and nobody's ever going to see it publicly. Um, I I will continue with those questions in a minute. I was going to ask about the database question because that's been a bugaboo of mine for a while. You'll ask that question in our next segment. These are my orders. You shall obey. Obey. (laughs) Obey. This is not a recording. We have Erica Lukes. Chris O'Brien's under the weather. So we have Greg Bishop joining us again as guest co-host. You're in. The For listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. 
Graphic Converter is the image manipulation tool for the rest of us. It does not use any database. You get full control of all your files. Want to view the images of a folder? Drag it into Graphic Converter and a powerful browser opens up to show your image files. You could use it for slideshows. You could use it to import images from digital cameras or from scanners. Need to do some image editing? You can do that too in Graphic Converter. Also print catalogs. Convert from so many formats I can't even list them. Download now to see if Graphic Converter is good for you, like one and a half million other users. Guess what? You could save money when you buy Graphic Converter. Use the coupon code NIGHTOWL. Use the coupon code NIGHTOWL to get a special price for Graphic Converter. Go to LemkeSoft.com. That's L-E-M-K-E Soft.com. LemkeSoft.com. L-E-M-K-E Soft.com. Paid non-attorney spokesperson Adam Pulaski of the Pulaski Law Firm with principal office in Houston, Texas is the attorney responsible for the content of this ad. This ad is not legal advice and the choice of a lawyer should not be based solely upon advertisement. Services may not be available in all states. Attention Zarelto users. If you or a loved one took Zarelto and suffered a serious bleeding event, you may be entitled to financial compensation. Zarelto is a popular prescription blood thinner used to prevent blood clots and protect patients from strokes. These serious bleeding events have led to numerous cases of hospitalization and even death. Phone lines are open 24-7. Call 800-261-0937. That's 800-261-0937. Worried about lead, fluoride, and other contaminants in your drinking water? Purchase a ProPure system during the Crazy May sale and get a free ProMax shower filter or water filter pitcher. Remove up to 200 contaminants with the Pro1G 2.0 truly cleanable, reusable filter. We don't stretch our claims. We just deliver performance. Visit your authorized ProPure dealer for details or ProPureUSA.com. That's P-R-O-P-U-R-U-S-A.com. There's nothing more enticing and intoxicating than the finest meat cooking on an open flame. Freeze-dried meat from NewHarvest.com is U.S. grown, 100% all-natural with no extra fillers. Just grass-fed beef and free-range chicken guaranteed to stay fresh and delicious. Add New Harvest freeze-dried meats to your current food storage. You'll buy direct from the factory, not a third party, ensuring the best price and the highest quality. See all our products at NewHarvestFoods.com. That's NewHarvestFoods.com. When I was 15 and a half years of age, I had two large mercury fillings put into my teeth. I got very sick that day, and over time, the mercury exposure damaged my body. My sunny disposition turned to depression and low energy. Many years later, I understood what had happened, and in 1991, I replaced these mercury fillings with white composite. In 1997, I learned that the homeopathic mercury detox I did years earlier did not remove the mercury from my body. I began an effective means of removing mercury from my body. My digestion and elimination returned to normal, and I began to have my life back. From 1999 to 2005, I tested the level of mercury in my body, and each test showed my mercury burden was high. After five years on One World Way, I recently did another mercury test. The results showed my body is free of mercury and virtually all toxic metals. One World Way is very powerful for detoxification support. It has helped many, and it may help you. Call 888-988-3325 or visit OneWorldWay.com. That's OneWorldWhey.com. 
so you've got to take a state construction license exam or certification. Can't decide on what books or what chapters to study? Discover right now how you can eliminate unnecessary books and wasted study time. At ContractorExam.com, our study materials zero in on state-required test topics in an effective, multiple-choice format. So whether you're a plumber, electrician, general contractor, or other construction-related trade, ContractorExam.com will help get you prepared. Visit us at www.ContractorExam.com today. Hello, this is Rosemary Ellen Guiley, and you're listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. He's suffering from the creeping rot, ladies and gentlemen. I didn't want to bring that up because that is a strange disease that the Centers for Disease Control are trying to pretend does not exist. And we know better. Right, Greg? It's a Paracast virus. Oh, is that it? It sounds very, very, you know, traumatic, whatever you're going through. Let me start an internet rumor. Is there any truth to the claim that the Paracast virus hacked Hillary Clinton's private email server? See, we're just hearing crickets. You'll have to ask the FBI, and they're not going to tell you. It's as if they even know, right? I mean, so many government servers have been hacked. Who knows? Yeah, it's yeah. if you work for the government, that was a big worry a couple of years ago. Apparently, China hacked in and got a whole bunch of information on government employees. But they never get information about UFOs. Why? Uh, if they do, they probably keep it to themselves. Uh, and also because they probably realize when they get the information that it's everything UFO researchers are looking at anyway. It's just a lot more of it. That's all. That's always strange, isn't it? We never see an actual smoking gun or very significant revelation. It's just another sighting. Yeah, well, I think that's all they have. I mean, I don't know what Erica thinks, but I think what the disclosure is trying to get is what they're going to get is more more sightings and more analysis and not we know this and we know that. It's more like we don't know and we don't really know what to do with it. And yeah. I think that's that's what's being kept secret, not not that there's aliens here or whatever, but leaving that almost aside. Um so yeah, the disclosure is there. Basically, they're saying we will not we will not accept any information unless it agrees with what our preconception is. And if 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 you tell us it's something that we don't think it is, then it's a cover up. <laughs> <laughs> it's like asking somebody that lies to you all the time to tell you the truth and not believing them unless they tell you what what you want to hear. So that's that. There's there's my uh, rant on uh, on disclosure. However, we were talking about databases or I was talking about it, uh, Erica, do you think that uh, there's any possible way to get every database, all the different ones, you know, together? And also, you know, what can be done with it afterwards? Um, I think, you know, some kind of analysis can be done that hasn't been done before in a way that we haven't been able to, to reveal patterns that have, you know, not not been noticed before. Um, what, What do you think about the database problem? Oh boy, you know I I know that when we were going through the the MUFON database for to from the Orange Orb Research Project, it was challenging because we had um, people that were 
either dismissing cases, um, even though the, these objects were clearly moving against the wind and were not behaving like certain man-made objects. So it, it's 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 not only the getting access to the data, it's having good data in there to begin with. And so I think it's it's the uh, we've got a lot of different things we need to look at. We need to look at educating people that are investigating this better. We need to have um, it, we need to make sure that people are investigating this without imposing their belief systems into investigations, which is easy to happen. I mean, I think we're all guilty of that, but it, it needs to be. It needs to be cohesive. We need to have, we, I can, we can make the connections. You know, I think that's what we have to strive for. I mean, I've, we found numerous places all over the world where there were repeated types of sightings taking place. And so for me, what my goal is with my team is to take all of the sightings clusters and then layer the maps to try to figure out whether you've got areas where if the gravitational anomalies, are there mines that have specific things, gold, copper, what what's taking place with the body of water, what Native American reservations are in this specific area, especially here in the United States. There are, there are patterns and we have to identify those patterns. Weather, time of year, uh, what else? All kinds of things. These factors that no nobody really takes into account, I think, and not because something you know somebody they would see something because there's clouds or there would be you know the weather would affect the uh, sighting. But um, if there's a pattern globally, maybe you know dealing with uh, some kind of population, or is it rural, or is it more educated or less educated, and all that. I, I think there's a lot of little data points that may be significant that people have been ignoring because they keep an eye on one thing. Do you agree? I absolutely agree. And I also know that it is, it's um, really, it, it's very time prohibiting. It, it takes a it, big commitment financially yeah. um, and just to go in and start analyzing stuff. But I think that that needs to be a priority. I think people need to be put in place that can specifically analyze data and then release the findings. Mm -hmm. So, you know, investigators can work with that. Yeah, you you would hope. There's still the ego thing, too. I was was asked on a show the other day, you know, what do you think is important about this? And I said, I noticed that when I get emotional about a a, a response, I know there must be something wrong with my opinion because I've been I'm being emotional about it. Um, Do you you think that is that is that a uh, (laughs) do you agree with that? Because as soon as you get emotional, it means you're trying to defend something, which means you're not totally comfortable with it. I think that's a brilliant point. Absolutely. But I I do think that this is such a, you know, I can understand people getting emotional. I mean, we're fallible and and that's, when we're passionate about something, there are a lot of emotions that come into play, which is hard. But when you you step aside and and step back and and just analyze data, then you can Mm -hmm. separate yourself from, from the emotional aspect of it. Hopefully. Hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> I got more questions, a couple more questions from the uh, listeners, if, if we can go on with those. Absolutely, Greg. But let me tell you how these questions magically appear. 
We have the official PowerCast forums at forum.thepowercast.com. That's forum.thepowercast.com. And all you have to do, neighbors, is to look for the question bank in the forum. And each week when we have enough warning about a guest, we post a topic or a thread there. So you just have to ask your question. And we'll try to get to it during the course of the show. Sometimes we get more questions that we can handle, but we do our best. Go ahead, please. One of the listeners is uh, on the forums is named Ufology. Great, great handle. Uh, looking at the American Airlines 434 case, which I haven't heard of, are you of the opinion that the big orange square the pilot requested info on was not simply Nephi, Utah, as indicated in the audio? And if not, what evidence is there that the pilot was asking for info was actually a UFO or, for that matter, any type of UAP? The case that he's referring to is a case that that I became aware of. I have a, a friend who is a ham radio operator, and he overheard a transmission after midnight. And it, the transmission was so strange to him. He'd been you know, scanning ham frequencies for 20 plus years, was proficient at it. And it was, there was a transmission that he overheard where the airline didn't announce themselves, which is really unusual. But then there was an exchange between the pilot and the Salt Lake Approach Tower asking if they had the object on radar. Then there was another conversation which we did obtain through the ATC website and later a FOIA request where the pilot says, you know, do you have this object um, or, you know, can he talks about this large orange square, and then he has another bit where, you know, the, he says, what is the closest town? And, and the, the controller says, oh, that's Nephi, Utah. So I don't believe that the pilot was seeing Nephi, Utah. Um, he'd been watching this object as stated on the audio for quite some time. He is, in all likelihood, somebody that has flown this route before and is used to seeing what cities look like. Um, Nephi is not that big of a town. I believe that he was seeing something truly uh, anomalous. And we have the radar returns to back it up. Mm -hmm. Okay, there's one more question. It's kind of a long one. I think I'm going to try and cut it down a little bit from Eric the Red, and it's about uh, uh, abduction research. Let's put that in the next segment. Okay. This way you can take your time with the question. Before we take any more of your time, let me tell you that we'd like you to check out the PowerCast Plus at plus.thepowercast.com. That's where you can subscribe to our premium service, get the After the PowerCast podcast, an enhanced version of this show, and many, many more features. Did I say many more? Yes, I did. We have Erica Lukes with our guest co-host, Greg Bishop. You're in the PowerCast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there's the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. As you know, neighbors, web hosting can be pretty cheap, but not all hosting is the same. 
DreamHost wins best of awards year after year. You get unlimited disk space, unlimited bandwidth, and even the low-cost plans put your sites on high-performance SSDs. Want to know more about what DreamHost has to offer? Go to technightowl.com slash host. Once again, that's technightowl.com slash host. How would you like to make 17% on your money in only 90 days? That's right. Gold owners made 17% in only three months as gold had its best quarterly gain in 30 years. Gold is on the move, and you need to get government-issued legal tender gold coins starting at only $139 each. The U.S. Money Reserve, one of the largest gold distributors in the country, announces the first ever at-cost gold release on this station for only $139 each. one 866 G-O-L-D, or online at usmoneyreserve.com. Official U.S. government-issued legal tender solid gold coins at cost for only $139 each. Call 1-866-944-G-O-L-D. Ask for a free 55-page gold buyer's book. Plus, get a free Walking Liberty half dollar just for reading this must-have book all about gold. Remember, gold is on the move, up 17%. Call 1-866-944-G-O-L-D. Welcome back to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. Greg is showing off his great mic filter skills. (laughs) This is like he wants to perfect the shadow laugh from the 1940s and 1950s radio show. (laughs) It's I did very that terribly. Tech. It's just my hands kind of doing this, you know, to get the echo, you know. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. He's How got very weird hands. Oh, dear. Like Donald Trump? We didn't want to talk about small hands <laughs> and about the significance of those small hands. Oh, dear. <laughs> we don't want to discuss the size of the brain. That's true. And whether that makes any difference. But we do want to discuss a long question that Greg was going to ask from one of our listeners. Greg? Okay, yeah, this is from Eric the Red, who's I, I recognize from the forums. The evidence base for alien abductions is plagued by methodological problems, including true believer therapists leading clients into false beliefs, experience or support groups that reinforce and reward conformity to establish narratives, the questionable use of hypnosis. Is it arguable that these and other mis- uh, mistakes undermine, perhaps fatally, the work done by virtually all abduction researchers from Leo Sprinkle to David Jacobs and Bud Hawkins and others. Even worse, alien abduction has become nothing less than a kind of religious cult to therapists and alleged experiencers. In light of this reality, what do you propose to do to improve the scientific validity of this research? I think that that is a wonderful question. I think it brings up lots of issues. And and to me, these are issues that not only plague the abduction research community, but our whole community in general, the whole, everything. And, and that's why I feel it is imperative that we work together, that we begin to create very strict standardized protocols, not only for abduction research, but for UFO investigations. That will be by doing that and having people that are really the elite people in the field working together to establish those protocols and to educate 
people that are investigating. I think that's going to be vital to success. I do think that it is always easy when somebody has something like this that happens to them that is terrorizing. I mean, of course, they need people to support them. And so I think that support groups are very beneficial for some of these people who feel isolated. I'm not saying all of them are, but I definitely think there are many support groups out there that are doing the best they can and they're needed because these people need 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 help. They need to know that they're okay and they need a place to talk about what's happened to them. For specifics, uh, what do you think that uh, what do you think can change? What do you think uh, methodology should, methodology should be and what kind of questions should be asked and what kind of questions should not be asked anymore? Oh boy. I, I think that what Kathleen Martin was is doing with MUFON and the, the experiencer research team, I think that that the questions that they have for the experiencer uh, questionnaire that you take when you go to MUFON, I believe that those are very good kind of cut and dried questions. Right. And I believe that those the answers to those questions then allow people, Kathleen, the group, to make a determination as to whether there is validity with what's taking place. So I think that they do they do a good job with that. I think Kathleen's worked really hard at that. I, I think that we, we always can improve things, and I think that that's what they're trying to do, what we're trying to do. Unless it's uh, not, you're not allowed to, what kind of questions are on there? And how are they different than what's been asked in the past? It's a longer questionnaire. I mean, it's just, have you had different types of sightings? Have you experienced things in your home? I mean, it's, oh my gosh, it's a quite a lengthy questionnaire. And so, and, and anybody can go to that if they go to MUFON Experiencer Survey, and you can see the questions. So, I would definitely say do that. They've worked really hard. Yeah, because I've had this idea for a while that uh, people should ask, and this goes back to, you know, the, the witness questionnaire. People should ask, what was going on in your life before? What was going on right before? Things like that. And then and with regards to um, abductees or whatever you want to call them, and I don't know if this is addressed in the questionnaire, but, you know, kind of what history of mental illness in your family, not to cast an aspersion on somebody. Um, weird things, blood type, where have you lived before? Um, have other people in your family had this kind of things go on in their lives? You know, or other things going on that you can't explain in your life? Are these all kind of things that are included on this uh, questionnaire? Yes, they are. Oh, excellent. Well, yeah. I'll go take a look at it. Well, thank it, you. Looking at where we've been in UFO research and where we are today, is it possible at all to see an end game that we get some answers? I mean, we're not getting any younger. I'm speaking of myself. <laughs> well, it's a good thing you clarified that, mister. <laughs> well, no, you're you're very young. Greg, I'm not sure about. I've met Greg, but it's very strange over there. Seriously, are we going to find an end game? Are we getting to anything? Oh, Lord. You know, sometimes I go to bed at night and I think, oh, my Lord, what have we accomplished? You know, I, I really, it can be frustrating. And I can't imagine how people feel that have been doing this for 50 years, because it does seem like no real progress or no great breakthroughs have been made. But I think that, I think we are beginning to understand that what we're looking for, what we need to look for, what we need to research is not necessarily 
isolated cases that are nuts and bolts craft, that whatever is taking place is much different than we had anticipated to begin with. I believe that we have overcome a lot of public uh, sentiment that people are crazy that look into this, where it's becoming more accessible for people, and that will hopefully allow us to obtain more information. I hope that that breaks down barriers as well with the, the mainstream media, the scientific community, so we can maybe, I dare to dream, but begin to work together on this because it's we know it's happening. And like I said at the beginning of the show, this isn't a matter of a belief anymore. And I believe, I believe, I, I we really need to stop phrasing this, especially as researchers, as I believe or I don't believe, we have more factual evidence. Let's let's get on with it. Let's contribute. Let's try to figure out what in the heck is going on. We can certainly look for some more conclusions, and maybe that's part of it right here, that we have to spend more time not just accumulating the data, but assuming that maybe we have it already there, but maybe we need to look at it in a better form. But let me ask you, because we kind of touched briefly on sightings in other parts of the country. Do you find there is a cultural relationship between a certain country and the kinds of UFOs that are reported? No, I don't. I think that you see all over the world the same types of objects being reported. The And the most common type of object being reported is my favorite, the, the orange sphere, orange, red, amber sphere, fireball, whatever we're calling it. And that's, gosh, at least 60% of the cases worldwide are of these objects. And then you have black triangles. That's the second most reported type of craft. And so it is, it's a worldwide thing, the same type of objects. Now, you have a Project Orange that we ought to get more into. Nine Agent Orange, folks. Project Orange. What is that about? Let's start here and then we'll break for the next segment. So I formed Project Orange with Terry Ray, another MUFON field investigator who's written a brilliant book, The Worldwide Invasion of Mysterious Orange Orbs, and then Bob Spearing, who is back east. And we believed, because of personal experiences and then also looking through the MUFON database, that there were way too many reports of these objects. And for some reason, we needed to better educate other investigators and the public on what was happening. And then we set about, we our, our goal was to get in there and analyze, figure out where the sightings clusters were taking place, figure out, you know, what, all, you know, what, how do they behave? Do they blink out and reappear? Are there sounds associated with them? Are they interacting with human beings? Do they, you know, there, there's so many questions with this. And so we just started plotting all of these things out. Robert Spearing has done an amazing job. More about Project Orange and the ongoing work with Gene and Erica and Greg. You're in The Paracast. If you're fascinated by UFOs, ancient aliens, archaeological mysteries, ghost hunting, Atlantis, and any other paranormal topic as we are, be sure to check out APMagazine.info each month. 
Since 1985, it has presented the latest research by top researchers like Andrew Collins, Brad Steiger, and many others, and contains interviews with such leading personalities as Jacques Vallée. Check, click on one of their banners and check out apmagazine.info. As you know, neighbors, web hosting can be pretty cheap, but not all hosting is the same. DreamHost wins best of awards year after year. You get unlimited disk space, unlimited bandwidth, and even the low-cost plans put your sites on high-performance SSDs. Want to know more about what DreamHost has to offer? Go to technightowl.com slash host. Once again, that's technightowl.com slash host. Are you worried about your mom or dad living alone in their house? Hi, I'm Joan London. Listen, I know how difficult it is to find senior care for someone you love. That's why I recommend a free service called A Place for Mom. They are the nation's largest senior living referral service. Call A Place for Mom today. To receive free information on senior living communities in your area, call A Place for Mom at 1-800-704-6182. A Place for Mom offers free, one-on-one advice from local advisors and a personalized list of senior living communities you can visit. If you have questions about senior care for your mom or dad, there's a place for answers, a place for mom. Call A Place for Mom in the next 10 minutes to get your free ebook on financing senior care as well as free information on senior living communities in your area. Call 1-800-704-6182. That's 1-800-704-6182. This is Dan Pillard. Do you owe the IRS money you can't pay? Are tax debts crippling you? I've defended people from the IRS for over 30 years. I've helped thousands and I can help you too. I wrote the book on IRS settlement and I'm telling you, there's no such thing as a hopeless case. Call 800-34-NO-TAX to finally get free of IRS debt. With the IRS's new programs, there's never been a better time to solve your problem. Call 800-34-NO-TAX. That's 800-34-NO-TAX or my website, danpilla.com. I'm Nick Soboleski, a select quote agent with a true story that could save you hundreds of dollars a year. A woman named Linda just called. Her husband, Ray, has a $300,000 group life insurance policy, but is changing jobs and can't take it with him. Well, I impartially shopped the highly rated term life insurance companies we represent and found Ray, who is 41 and takes medication to control his cholesterol, a 10-year, $500,000 policy for under $26 a month. That's almost twice the coverage for less than half of what he had paid. If SelectQuote hasn't shopped for your life insurance, you're probably paying too much. For your free quote, call 1-800-403-4885. That's 1-800-403-4885. 1-800-403-4885. Or go to SelectQuote.com. We shop. You save. Get full details in the example policy at slowquote.com slash commercials. Your price can vary depending on your health issuing company and other factors not available in all states. By now, you know that wireless technology like cell phones do in fact pose dangers to the health and privacy of everyone. Blocket Pocket's wide range of products are unmatched in providing the protection you deserve. No scare tactics, just common sense. BlockitPocket.com offers quality American-made options to alleviate and eliminate these invisible dangers. Learn more at BlockitPocket.com or call 888-315-9618. BlockitPocket.com, enhancing health and privacy. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. 
That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. Putting a little cheesecake into that, aren't you? <laughs> oh, come on. That was my sassy voice. Oh, yeah. I liked it. Okay, thank you. Right, my wife is just jealous listening to that. Oh, dear. That's okay. Don't worry about it. Let's continue about Project Orange. All right. So we're talking about a large percentage of this specific UFO type. Is that throughout the history of the modern field from 47 on or more recent? This is something that we've seen. I mean, we could go back centuries. This has been a common thing. Uh, Jacques Vallée has done some great research looking at historical cases with regards to this. I mean, we're talking 500 years old, if not longer. And I, I believe that, like I was saying, you know, there is significant data to say that they are in areas that that's not changing. It's the same type of area. What Peter Davenport, his thoughts are, because he has the Newfork database, is that sightings are increasing and that they're appearing over more pop dense, densely populated areas. And they're also behaving and interacting with human beings much more than they ever have before. So his feeling is things are ramping up with this. I tend to agree with what I am finding out. I don't know why, but it is very curious. I think it's important for people to to really educate not only investigators, but the public to educate themselves about what natural phenomena is, what man-made objects are, how to take good photographs and video. It's really hard at night, but we need to just be good about collecting data. We also need funding, which is what we are hoping for so we can get out in areas where the sightings clusters appear and collect data that can be analyzed, much like they've done over in Heshtalan with all of their work. So there's a lot to do, but we definitely feel there is ample, that this is something that is incredibly important. Now, when you have an orange fireball, how close does it get? You know, we can see them five feet away from people. I had an interesting case where, and this is this was such a great case, this was a few years ago, but the fellow had just come forward to talk to me about this. He was driving. He'd gone out. He was stationed in a military base in California. He had left the base and was coming home late one night. In a, He was on a kind of an isolated stretch of road. He looked off to his side and noticed this orange sphere that was right, just going. He said it was moving through the trees like they weren't even there. And then all of a sudden, this orange, this orb veered off and literally hit his car and pushed the car off the side of the road. So these objects were, I mean, this object was close to him. So it is, it just varies. We have people like Dave Stinnett who researches stuff and he's back East and he, you know, they go out and videotape things and these objects are in neighborhoods. You know, they're appearing over houses, in houses, now, that implies from everything you say a natural or unusual phenomenon, not necessarily a solid aircraft. You know, I don't believe that they are a solid air 
craft. I, I, for many people that have seen these objects, they feel that it is either some sort of intelligently controlled probe or it is an intelligent being of sorts, but it has the ability to interact, to react to human beings. It, it can, you know, has been seen in many different places, including uh, Marfa, where it moves around bushes, it moves around things, they they interact. They're not, this isn't a natural phenomenon. Sometimes it can, these objects, sometimes it can be mistaken for natural phenomenon. Sometimes you have natural phenomenon that's mistaken for this type of thing, but this is, these are just very unusual. Now there's a theory by the late Trevor James Constable that you might've heard of, that at least some UFOs might be living creatures it was a theory shared also by the late zoologist and UFO and paranormal researcher Ivan T. Sanderson. What do you think? I, I would not disagree with that. I think that they might be living entities, beings, creatures. I, I think that is, you know, in fact, I've been looking at Trevor James and his work and just trying to to get any type of input that I can from anybody that's looked into this. And I like what he he had to say. Now, this is a subject that we were, were trying to cover on a previous episode of the Paracast, and we just plain ran out of time. And obviously, he's not around to tell us anything anymore. I know. that is. It, it, there's so many researchers that, unfortunately, are not, not with us any longer, but I hope that we can, we can learn as much from the work that they did to help us with what we're doing now. There was another question from the forums that I forgot to put up. If it's okay, Gene, I wanted to um, ask or comment on the orb thing. During my research for Project Beta, um, Bill Moore and a couple other people told me that when they were in Paul Benowitz's house, they would occasionally observe these orange or, I guess, um, yeah, pretty much orange or reddish orbs floating around the ceiling of his house. And Paul would, uh, Paul Benowitz, when when uh, Bill said, "What's that?" Paul looked up and he said, "Oh, those, those are here all the time." And when they went up, and I don't know, Erica, you might know, uh, have some sort of data on this or you know a similar uh, experience. But he said that when he got on a ladder and tried to go up to touch them, they would they would either move out of the way and or they would turn off like a light bulb switching off, like an incandescent light, not off like bang, but they would fade out very quickly. Have you seen anything like that in any of the uh, any of your research? You know that we do see that they're frequently. I mean, in in people's homes, whether this is a you know, I mean, again, it's like where is this a paranormal thing? Where does it cross the line? But they do interact. You know, they will move and respond to human beings, and it's just and they do sometimes. You know, I've got reports from people who who observe these objects, and when they disappear, it's like they seem to kind of fold into themselves. Hmm. Yeah, well, because it was interesting to me because uh, what was going on at his house at the time was he's being watched very carefully by various intelligence organizations, and I always got the feeling in his case that somehow somebody had figured out how to create these things. Oh, the other thing they said was there there were little sparkly things inside them sometimes, like these little shiny sparkly parts of the uh, within the light. Yes, and I've heard that from many witnesses as well. 
Okay. The, the other question on here was from AS7092, and we sort of addressed this, but I wanted to specifically uh, ask his question, and it's about MUFON again. Uh, Erica, uh, what's your stance regarding infighting in MUFON, and is it enough to separate the organization, or can it get stronger if it was to branch off into a different direction or f- form into different uh, uh, halves or, or, or factions? Let's hold off the answer for a moment. I need to tell you about After the Paracast, our second radio show. Part of the Paracast Plus package, go to plus.theparacast.com, P-L-U-S dot theparacast.com. To learn more, you'll hear Erica Luke's response to Greg Bishop on the other side. With Gene and Greg, you're in. I'm just waiting for someone to figure it out and take it. (laughs) The Paracast! for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. You haven't experienced yogurt until you've tried a Mossy, embodying health and flavor in a true whole milk, green-fed dairy beverage. Every sip pays homage to our old world cows and the ancient culturing methods their milk benefits from. With over 30 probiotics, a Mossy's undeniably nutritious, refined, cultured sensation bolsters your health and awakens your passion for dairy. A Mossy's so good, and you need to try it. Contact your Longevity distributor or call 877-878-4203 or go to GCNteam.com. There's nothing more enticing and intoxicating than the finest meat cooking on an open flame. Freeze-dried meat from NewHarvest.com is U.S. grown, 100% all-natural with no extra fillers. Just grass-fed beef and free-range chicken guaranteed to stay fresh and delicious. Add New Harvest freeze-dried meats to your current food storage. You'll buy direct from the factory, not a third party, ensuring the best price and the highest quality. See all our products at NewHarvestFoods.com. That's NUHarvestFoods.com. Dangerous blood clot device alert. If you or a loved one had an IVC filter placed to prevent blood clots from traveling to your heart or lungs and suffered an injury, you may be entitled to substantial financial compensation. The FDA warns that IVC filters may cause serious complications, such as heart or lung damage, internal bleeding, and even death. These dangerous blood clot devices can break and the metal fragments can travel to your heart or lungs causing serious injuries. If you or a loved one suffered organ damage or other injuries from an IVC filter, you may be entitled to substantial financial compensation. Act now. Time is limited to file a claim. For a free consultation and free information, call Injury Help Desk at 800-478-1507. 800-478-1507. 800-478-1507. This is an advertisement. Paid non-attorney spokesperson. InjuryHelpDesk.com is responsible for this advertisement. Principal Office, Las Vegas, Nevada. This is a healthcare alert from the Pain Relief Hotline. If you, a family member, or a loved one suffers from knee, back, shoulder, or ankle pain and have Medicare as your primary insurance, we've got great news. You don't have to suffer any longer. You can immediately qualify for a pain relieving brace at little or no cost to you by calling our 24-7 Pain Relief Hotline at 866-389-0620. Delivery is free and all paperwork is handled for you. If you are on Medicare and have knee, back, shoulder, or ankle pain, don't wait you can qualify to immediately receive a pain-relieving brace at little or no cost by calling our 24-7 pain hotline now at 866-389-0620. Our representatives are standing by 24-7 to take your call and rush you your pain-relieving brace at little or no cost to you. Shipping is free and all paperwork is handled for you. 
Just call 866-389-0620. That's 866-389-0620. Again, 866-389-0620. Hi, Peter Vaccaro for ParanormalDate.com. Are you looking for love in all the wrong places? Now you have a chance to change that by signing up for free at ParanormalDate.com. This incredible dating site puts people of like minds together. People who are interested in the strange, the unusual, mysteries, ghosts, UFOs, and the afterlife, and so much more. ParanormalDate.com was developed for you. People seeking a viable alternative to the other dating services. You can join for free by going to ParanormalDate.com. And if you decide you like it and want to connect with people, use the code GEORGE for a substantial discount. Mark Rawlings, president of ParanormalDate.com, says so many people hunger to share their experiences about the paranormal, the unexplainable, or the afterlife, and so much more. And this is the source for them to meet and share that common interest. So sign up for free at ParanormalDate.com. ParanormalDate.com. And use the code GEORGE if you decide to connect with someone you like. My name is Richard Dolan. You're listening to the Paracast. Oh, well, (laughs) it only goes downhill from here. (laughs) Erica, what have you to say? Oh, boy. Where to begin? (laughs) (laughs) With regards to that question about MUFON, I think with any organization, people in general, of course, there's infighting. I think there's, I I hope that by, I think that in my opinion, what needs to happen in any big organization is there needs to be cohesion and dialogue. And I think that they're trying to work on the fact that they're getting people to communicate and kind of break down some barriers. Because for a long time, I think in, in MUFON, it was, you know, it's, it's, my state, this is the way things, you know, we're doing things and and there was a lot of isolation. And I think that's changing. I hope it is because I mean, I've talked to so many great people involved in MUFON that have so many important things to share. And I hope that that happens. It will really make everything much more effective for sure. But do you think getting involved in some of these questionable projects such as the Hangar One TV show helps MUFON? You know, for me, I thought... Hangar One was great because it exposed a whole new audience to this. And I think that's important. You know, whether there were some inconsistencies with the cases, um, I'm I'm sure there were, because at the end of the day, it's handed off to a production team. I think MUFON did the best they could, and I was incredibly proud to have some of the people on there, like Ben Moss and Tony, that I know personally and are great investigators, I thought that was really cool to see them get on there. I was really happy about that. I think anytime you do something where you're bringing this into public focus, that's a good thing. And I think that Hangar One, with all the controversy, I think it exposed people to what's going on. So in my opinion, that's not necessarily a bad thing. Should it be the prime focus of an organization? I I don't think so, because I think the research should be the prime focus and disseminating that information to the public. I think the question here is, if Hangar 1 is the first impression they have of MUFON, and questionable claims are made, that has to hurt the organization. 
Oh boy. You know, I, I don't really know what specifically, you know, I mean, I know that there were a few, I mean, honestly, I didn't pay much attention when, when this came out, but I, I'm sure there were claims that are discrepancies. And I do believe from my understanding that MUFON, the communications team, addressed those discrepancies. You know, it's TV. I ho- hopefully people are smart enough to understand that. I think there were lots of great cases that were also touched on. And I think the average person that is coming into this for the first time isn't going to know about these discrepancies. So I think really the people that were upset about it were the longtime researchers, with good reason. Right, but... Remember, too, that a lot of people watch shows like that not to learn information about something serious, but for entertainment. Right. And certainly the networks don't treat it as anything more than entertainment. It's just the 43 minutes to fill between the ads. Mm Mm-hmm. Exactly. Exactly. I, I, you know, I don't know. I mean, what what were your thoughts on Hangar 1? I don't pay attention to those shows at all. I've seen them a little bit, but that's it. Yeah, I've watched one or two of them, and then I turned them off within five minutes because I'm because as Jacques Vallée used to say, I was not learning anything. <laughs> but we're a very specific audience. This is like, as you said, it's for a, a huge national audience, and uh, it's more for entertainment. And if it's for entertainment, maybe you will snag people that want to be serious about it. I don't know, but I, I think the wasn't the point of having that show to kind of get the, the uh, visibility of MUFON up partially, which is why they agreed to do such a thing? Yes, absolutely. And to expand public awareness. So I think that, and that, that's, that's important. To me, making this an accessible topic is something that needs to happen. If people learn about something through incorrect information, they'll go along with those assumptions. We already have too much reality TV in what's supposed to be news. And I don't want to get into much more detail than that as to what particular issues are involved. But if we're going to play serious documentaries like a reality show where it's fact and it's fiction and it's some kind of weird merger between the two, how does that serve the public? Oh, boy. I I look at sometimes the way we behave in the UFO research community, and I wonder how that serves the public. I think that we need to look at, at all sorts of things. You know, if we're really caring about making this a credible thing that's taken seriously, we need to look at everything we do and the way we present this, not only on a TV show, but in public forums, in social media. We're dealing with something that is, we're just on the, the leading edge of figuring out what it is. And I think that the, the best thing that we can do is is really uh, be respectful of that and be respectful of other people with regards to this. And, and we need to, I think, grow up a bit because we give our, ourselves a bad name. We do that on our own, not just maybe one or two or five or ten things in a, a TV show that, that were misstated. What are the things we do to ourselves that damage Serious UFO research, having raised the question. I believe that we spend an awful lot of time trying to take individual researchers apart, um, trying to debunk things that are coming in. Um, I think that we spend, I think that we, we attack people personally when we don't agree with what they do. And I think that we need to be 
more respectful. And if we don't agree with somebody, we need to be able to act like adults and have a civil dialogue about that or let it go and focus on ways that we can really be productive with regards to researching this. I mean, to me, being in a social media site 24 hours a day doesn't necessarily make me a good researcher. And I think we need to be aware of how we treat people. We need to be supportive. Not everything I I feel with regards to this is going to be something that other people agree with, but at least I'm going to be respectful enough to sit down and have a dialogue, a respectful dialogue about it. Right. But here's an issue. If a researcher is being deceptive, cheating people, giving themselves credentials they have not earned, shouldn't they be called out and set aside so we can focus on the real stuff? Oh boy. Do I, do I, I don't, you know, I mean, I'm sure that I know that that's, it's always great to find people that are charlatans, so to speak. But I, for me personally, I don't want to waste my time doing that because I think there are more beneficial ways to, to help in this area. So do you know what I mean? I think we get, sometimes we get so caught up in this that it really detracts from what we need to be doing. Yeah, I, I for some reason I think of the Patton Oswalt thing. It's when somebody comes up with an opinion that's that's obviously fairly silly or not very well founded. You don't have to respect it. All you, you can acknowledge it, but you don't have to respect it. And there's there's ways to do that without being without being nasty. My way is to ignore them. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, and I think that's great. Yeah, great. Ignore people. I, you know, I mean, I just. Well, I hate to say it, but I look at uh, the current political goings-ons in our in our country, and I think there's a lot of need for people to belittle other people, and I don't think that serves anybody. Doesn't make me well, feel better. Yeah, it's a waste of time. I mean, I I don't really complain about people. I just basically ignore them and go on with what I'm interested in. Um, and I don't, I don't really care. I'm so done with all the fighting. I, I don't, I don't even pay attention to it anymore. So you know, and it, it's like if it's not teaching you something, why bother? Right. It's distracting. It's, yeah. It is distracting. But you know, I mean, there have been people too that it's it's been good to understand that they're not credible and to just back away. But hopefully, you know, I can be smart enough to put the dots together on that one so let's do our break and have more dots in our next segment with erica lukes and sheen and greg you're in thank you for listening to gcn visit gcnlive.com today Graphic Converter is the image manipulation tool for the rest of us. It does not use any database. You get full control of all your files. Want to view the images of a folder? Drag it into Graphic Converter and a powerful browser opens up to show your image files. You could use it for slideshows. You could use it to import images from digital cameras or from scanners. Need to do some image editing? You can do that too in Graphic Converter. Also print catalogs. Convert from so many 
formats, I can't even list them. Download now to see if Graphic Converter is good for you, like one and a half million other users. Guess what? You could save money when you buy Graphic Converter. Use the coupon code NIGHTOWL. Use the coupon code NIGHTOWL to get a special price for Graphic Converter. Go to LemkeSoft.com. That's L-E-M-K-E-Soft.com. LemkeSoft.com. L-E-M-K-E-Soft.com. Water is the single most important thing your body needs, so you want to be sure it's the best for you and your family. Since 2005, thousands have depended on Berkey Purified Water. The Berkey Guy provides the lowest-priced filtration systems in every size. For incredibly delicious water now and in an emergency, get to GoBerkey.com or call 877-886-3653. 877-886-3653. GoBerkey.com. Paid non-attorney spokesperson Adam Pulaski of the Pulaski Law Firm with principal office in Houston, Texas is the attorney responsible for the content of this ad. This ad is not legal advice and the choice of a lawyer should not be based solely upon advertisement. Services may not be available in all states. Attention Zarelto users. If you or a loved one took Zarelto and suffered a serious bleeding event, you may be entitled to financial compensation. Zarelto is a popular prescription blood thinner used to prevent blood clots and protect patients from strokes. These serious bleeding events have led to numerous cases of hospitalization and even death. Phone lines are open 24-7. Call 800-261-0937. That's 800-261-0937. Are you worried about how dangerous the world has become? In these days of terrorist attacks, natural disasters, or even a future collapse, you need to be medically prepared to keep your family safe. I'm Joe Alton, MD of store.doomandbloom.net, where you'll find an entire line of uniquely designed medical kits and supplies for when help is not on the way. For everything from individual first aid kits to the ultimate family medical bag, go to store.doomandbloom.net today. That's store.doomandbloom.net. You'll be glad you did. Do you have dry hands or itchy, peeling skin? Are your cracked feet in need of a makeover for sandal season? Hi, my name is Diane Cook, the creator of Bee Spa Hand and Foot Cream. Bee Spa is all natural, 16% beeswax, marigold extract, and other essential oils and nutrients. Bee Spa is great for exceptionally dry hands and feet, but Bee Spa can be used anywhere on the body. I am sure you will see a difference overnight. B-Spa is the only cream you will ever need. The convenient 2.5 ounce size jar travels nicely and a little goes a long way. B-Spa hand and foot cream costs $29.99. Use promotion code 101 for free shipping. Order B-Spa hand and foot cream today at bspa.com. That's B-E-E-S-P-A.com. That's B-E-E-S-P-A.com. We use mobile devices right against our bodies every day, but growing scientific evidence has emerged showing serious health risks associated with exposure to EMF radiation emitted from these devices. The solution is Defender Shield, the most effective mobile radiation shielding ever developed. Defender Shield blocks virtually 100% of EMF radiation from cell phones, tablets, and laptops and starts at just $64.99. Buy now at DefenderShield.com. For 10% off, use promo code GCN. DefenderShield.com, the worldwide leader in mobile radiation shielding. Hi, this is Bryce Abel. I'm the producer of Dark Skies, the co-author of AD After Disclosure, and you are listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. For the first time on the Paracast, 
we have an attempt. <laughs> I won't say how successful. At playing a real musical instrument. My lord. That was impressive. <laughs> ocarina doesn't count. Oh well. I and I, I can't I can't go out and get my guitar. That would just be ridiculous. And I can't even play it. So Well that would be more fun. Next time I'm on, I'll bring I'll bring the amp in here and when you say Paracast, I'll put as much distortion as I can in it and do something. You're not doing that already without the guitar? Am I distorting? I don't distort, I clarify. Oh. Good one. <laughs> good one. Okay, let's clarify this. Let's just move to a couple of side issues in UFO research in connection with the fact that we mentioned them in previous episodes. Men in black. Any evidence of any? Oh, boy. You know, I mean, I talked to Nick Redfern about men in black, and Nick Redfern has got, he's done some great research with the men in black and he women in black. He does like a book every three hours. Yeah, he is the most prolific guy. I don't know how he does it. I mean, I, I just, I don't know. And they're great books, but I, I have never had a men in black case, but, and I don't know if that's, if there's, if we're still seeing as many of them as we used to, but I would love to have a men in black case. That would be cool. Increasing and he was getting more reports, which was kind of surprising, at least to me. Interesting. I can't wait to hear more about the women in black, though. Yeah, I- intriguing. He had so many of them, he actually had to make a book of them. I didn't even know there were enough to make a book. Last book he signed to me, it said, To Greg from the Book Factory, Nick. Because <laughs> 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 I called it. I said, what are you, a book factory? So he signed it that way. Oh, that is awesome. <laughs> Don't turn around or Nick will have another book out. Oh my God! I know. Is that every time I talk to him, it's like, well, I've got five books coming out in, in the next ten minutes, and I'm just like, wow. Treats as a, as a job. That's why people are so amazed. It's like if you're at your job and you do your job every day, and your job is to produce things, you'll produce things, and that's his attitude, which is why he has a very workmanlike attitude about doing his work, and he's a writer, so he writes. He does. Well, he has not reached the level of the late Walter B. Gibson who wrote 300 novels about the shadow. <laughs> Good lordy. Yeah, well, he doesn't make stuff up, so it's a little bit harder. He's, he's, he's uh, going on data and research rather than just, uh, making, uh, just uh, writing novels. So it's a little more difficult, I would think. Right. It will take him a few years before he gets to the level of Brad Steiger, who I think, although I guess he's semi-retired now, although mm-hmm. there have been reissues of his, some of his books, where Brad Steiger did like 165 books. Gosh. Oh my God. Jeez, I've done four. <laughs> I've, what, are you, what are you thinking? <laughs> sorry about this. I've done 30. Oh, oh my God. Erica, have you, uh, do you have any books that you've released? I don't, but I'm actually working on a book uh, about the orange orb phenomenon. And I'm going to be lecturing um, about it too, which is, is, will be really fun. It'll be exciting. Where are you going to lecture at? I am speaking at the Starworks Symposium in Laughlin, Nevada in November. And then I've got another, I was just asked to speak at another conference that will be uh, releasing. They'll be making a press release here pretty quick. So I will keep people posted. But it, it's, well, it's good. I enjoy speaking and interacting. And, and I hope that I can share some, some of my research and, and hopefully open a few eyes. Yeah, I was putting down the conferences for a while, but the main thing is to interact with people. You can't do that in any other way. And have you noticed that people come up and talk to you 
and just kind of download their experience to you. Um, I get that a lot when I'm at conferences. I just want to say something to somebody that's not going to laugh at them. Yes, and I love I love that. I mean, that to me, I I, I really value interacting with other people, and that was my that is my great thing when I um, investigate cases is the interaction, letting people feel comfortable and know that they have a safe place to talk about something that is more often than not traumatic to them. And that's really special. Now, we just got some more questions in the forum from Ravensfree. I don't know if we have time to even ask any of them. Greg, you want to take a quick look? Yeah, I'm looking at it right now. Um, well, this one's interesting to me, so I'll ask it. And you had mentioned it earlier, Erica, about Dugway Proving Ground. Is there, Ravensfree asks, is there more to Dugway Proving Ground than unsubstantiated internet rumors? I mean, besides the fact that it's a, it's a, it's been there for a while and it's uh, basically a test area. Uh, anything weird about it? Anything you know, Area Fifty One ish like about it? I believe. Well, I know that they are doing some really. Oh boy. I mean, obviously it's a top secret testing facility. For me, I I am always watching to see what's going on, not only from the UFO aspect, but because I live close to it, because it, it has affected people's health in the past. It's, it, it's, you know, my gosh, what did we have? The file of anthrax. I mean, we had anth- live anthrax that was shipped off of uh, the Dugway base. I mean, there are interesting things that take place there. And so we need to be aware of that. But there are many uh, reports I get of sightings in that area, around that area. And Dave Rosenfeld, who is Alien Dave, has been out there. He goes on many watches out there on the periphery. And he's seen them test lasers that have the capability of punching holes through clouds and he's watched as objects have come down and circled the laser beams and then shot off into space so there's a lot going on out there will we ever know really if the bodies have been taken from area 51 there no but i'm definitely keeping my eye on it and amassing research with regards to dugway mm-hmm. there time for another one there gene very fast about a minute and a half Okay. Did MUFON ever receive reports or become aware of events experienced by Native American residents? As Utah seems to have a high degree of activity, was there any attempt to see if there were historical or folkloric reports or to see if the nature of frequency has a longstanding basis? Great question. I have, especially with Skinwalker Ranch, especially since we have a large Native American population here, that has been one of my things. And I've had the good fortune of meeting with and being friends with one of the world's foremost Native American historians who's in his early 80s now. And he's loaned me several books from his special collection, Out of Print Books, that talk about the oral traditions of the Native American mm-hmm. culture and skinwalker, skinwalkers. And so it is, we don't unfortunately have a lot of sightings that are submitted to databases, uh, but I believe that there is, this is an important connection that we need to understand and we need to have a, a dialogue we have no more time for dialogues except to ask this. Erica Lukes, would you tell our listeners where they can find more about the things that you do? 
You can go to ufoclassified.com to find out about my show, about the research project. And then also on Facebook, you can find me under Erica Lukes or UFO Classified. Oh, it sounds classified just thinking about it. Oh, it is. Greg Bishop, tell our listeners, please, where they can find more of your stuff. Well, my show is Radio Mysterioso, and that's at radiomysterioso.com. And the new book is It Defies Language, and you can find information on that at itdefieslanguage.com. Thank you. It Defies Language, by the way, features terrific illustrations from Red Pill Junkie. You can find us on Twitter also. Look for the Paracast on Twitter. Look for two Paracast fan clubs. Imagine that, Erica. Two Paracast fan clubs. Wow. On Facebook, and we can't figure out how to merge them because you have to kill one to do that. Isn't that a pain? It really is. But what isn't a pain is the fact that we have another radio show called After the Paracast, available exclusively if you sign up for Paracast Plus at plus, P-L-U-S dot theparacast dot com. Simple. A low subscription rate gets you After the Paracast an enhanced version of this show free of network ads for those who don't like ads. We also are beginning to offer show transcripts. We also are beginning to offer videos. We are going to very soon now, because I finally have the first sample chapter, offer a book that Chris O'Brien wrote with Ray Stanford. We have the introduction all ready to go. That will be up probably in a few days at most. I just need to get ahead of myself, which is more strange than not. Erica Lukes, thanks for joining us on the Paracast. Thank you. It was fun. The Paracast, featuring Gene Steinberg and Christopher O'Brien, is a copyrighted presentation of Making the Impossible Incorporated. Tune in next week for a new adventure in... The Paracast.